0: Since when did you start shooting from cover, Charlie? It's not what you think.
1: I'm listening. For what? Hear me say I'm sorry? It's done. To hear why? Because the son of a bitch deserved it, that's why. It was a righteous action. Hey, it doesn't go away that easy, man. Look, McLeod. I did it. And I'll take the heat now. If you want to call the cops, I'm here.
0: I'm not going to turn you in. But if you're in some sort of trouble, I'll... There's nothing I can't handle. You can't handle this one, Charlie. I already have.
2: My black ass man. <laughs> welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And welcome to yet another installment. Installment? Never entered the show this way. Welcome to another episode of Highlander Rewatched. This week we're going to be talking about. Episode two of season four, Brothers in Arms. Hey, I, I almost I almost said Band of Brothers again. Band of Brothers and Arms. Yes, Band of Brothers and Arms.
3: Also, that other episode shouldn't have been called Band of Brothers. So, what's the? Difference? Yeah, none of them there even played
1: go. musical instruments. So, I know. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, uh, Mac played the piano on
2: Shadows. That's right. What would the band be in Highlander? Who, who plays what? So Joe's on guitar. Yeah and vocals perhaps and vocals Mac mm. plays the piano i also am imagining Mac still only playing moonlight sonata like yeah. that's With the only song hand. he knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh let's see richie plays drums hmm. we learned that in a season 1 like remember they briefly showed his room and there was a drum, drum set? set
3: no that was in uh wine of fire wasn't it or was that no, in no that Valley was when Trade. he had
2: a different apartment oh uh, okay but yeah richie but has yes, a drum there set was drums. Uh. amanda plays tambourine and that's, also that's a is, really sexist and, and also
3: and also sings
2: oh she can sing and yeah she's, she's a singer. Singer. yeah she's a good singer all right uh who else
3: do we have charlie what does charlie play the bass <laughs> all <laughs> right well, we need a bass player and and he's a support it's a supporting role he's back that's in true. the bass thumping and walking who else can be in this band i mean this super, yeah, super group yeah we need more
1: tessa
2: <laughs> what does tessa play the triangle tessa seems like a tambourine player
3: if yeah. ever there was like if girlfriend relegated wasn't. to being in the band, <laughs> what would Doctor
1: Anne Lindsay play?
3: She actually just fights with Tessa over the <laughs> tambourine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who else? Who else is in the the cast? Callus. Did he... we already say Maurice? Can he can plays sing. tuba.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Or is Maurice Maurice is on craft services for the tour? He's a roadie. We're casting people as roadies. Yeah, and then. Xavier St. Cloud. they are
3: villains in this?
2: Yeah. This is a contentious thing. Sure. Yeah. He's constantly- he, can't, he can't play much without his hand, can he? That's true. He has that hook hand. That hook hand. That's how he plays the triangle. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the triangle. All right. Ding, ding, ding. I like into that. Uh, what else? What other great characters are there?
1: What other great? Well, if we're only talking great characters.
2: Yeah. Sheriff Bad Guy plays yeah. the audience member. Uh, <laughs> oh, he can play the, uh, the auto harp. Or not auto harp. The uh, mouth harp, whatever it's called. <laughs> the mouth harp, harp. Like, It's like a southern thing Like a mm. juicer.
3: Har- what's it called?
2: Juicer? No, juice harp It's like a twangy thing Yeah
1: I don't know Or the spoons? He might play the spoons oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Darius can play the organ <laughs>
2: Yeah Oh, and what's his name? He's a singer Uh, Paul Brother Paul He's on
3: backups too There's a lot of singers in this group Oh, so we're just not sh- forming rock Yeah We might <laughs> just be forming rock Alright Well, that was fun That was one of our dumber <laughs> diatribes. Alright <laughs>
2: So, before we talk about Brothers in Arms, we got some more reader mail to tackle from actually last season. So this is the last bits of reader mail from last year, last year, a couple months
1: ago. man, why don't you start us off with a little reader mail from Finale Part 1. Sure, this is from John E. on Finale Part 1. My take on the purpose of the Xavier flashback in Finale Part 1 was this. Even though it was a bad experience for Duncan, he learned the lesson that a man of honor does not let others fight their battles for him. Hamza clearly did not want to fight Xavier, but he came back and did it anyway because he couldn't let Duncan die on his behalf, which he would have at that young age. This relates to Amanda in the present. Duncan does not want Amanda fighting Callus for him and dying on his behalf. So the purpose of the flashback was to give the Watchers, or re-Watchers, <laughs> a little background on why Duncan is so adamant that amanda stay out of it and why he gets so enraged he doesn't want amanda's death on his conscience i think this is clearly in keeping with everything we know about duncan and his incredibly strict code of honor so to me the flashback made sense and then he has a uh, little note here P.S. Saw you guys at the highlander worldwide convention kyle handed me a flyer for the podcast i tried it and now i'm hooked got pound that pavement baby (laughs) marketing works thanks for doing such a great podcast Awesome. Hey. Thanks,
2: Johnny. Hey, it was nice meeting you. I think that's a great point, and I, I will admit I think we missed the
1: mark. Yeah, I don't Maybe. think we mentioned that. Yeah,
2: No, I mean, I think we, we were, like, down on the flashback. Like, it doesn't feel like it belongs. Like, I think that makes complete sense. It's like Duncan learns you fight your own, like a man of honor fights his own battles. Yeah. At, or at least even if he doesn't fight his battle, he doesn't let someone else He doesn't let fight. anyone do it for he, you. For yeah. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. especially when Even though Hamza <laughs> knew he was going to lose, that's worth it than letting someone else take the risk for you. Yeah. So I think that, that all is solid, and in keeping with the themes
3: of the episode. We blew it, guys! How do you say Hamza backward? Asthma? <laughs> is he just asthma?
1: It is asthma. That's what I thought. I yeah. <laughs> asthma. Asthma. asthma the Hamza. Ironically, that's why Hamza lost the fight, because he has asthma. Oh, and it doesn't all get all that, sand, that yeah, all sandy sand, dust yeah, environment? The sand was getting in there. <laughs>
2: So, Kyle, why don't you read us another bit of reader mail from Finale Part 1?
3: Sure. This comes from Jim from Detroit... Just listen to your podcast first. Congratulations on the Eagles going to the Super Bowl and Philadelphia not burning down, despite some of the best efforts of the fans. Woo! Very true. Got uh, regaled by chance of Big Dick Nick in my neck of the woods. It was, uh, there was a lot going on. Big Dick Nick. So, at one point. You guys are right. They used stuntmen for the Xavier fight. I spoke with F. Braun McGash at the convention. He was, in fact, one of the stuntmen. They didn't have time for the actors to learn the choreography, so he and a stuntman just did it. That's why when you see the fighters put on face coverings as they head to the fighting area. Bruno said that despite the shortness of the fight, he was able to use authentic Arabic sword techniques. The two fighters use scimitars, which have extremely curved blades. That makes them cutting, not thrusting weapons. So fighters in this style don't stab. They use circular motions to attack. Also, this fight is referenced uh, in a Highlander tie-in book titled... Scimitar. Ooh. That's right. The plot is that one day, d- spoiler alerts for people at home. I actually don't know what I'm about to read, so we're gonna f- we're on this ride together. But,
1: spoiler for a Scimitar.
3: Yeah, if you want to read this 25 year old book <laughs> or whatever it is, it might be spoiled for you. So stop playing now. All right. So the plot is that one day Duncan gets Hamza scim- Scimitar in the mail. Ooh, special delivery. And we flash back to how they met. Duncan was captured by pirates, and Hamza rescues him. They even have to mention that Hamza was such a good host that he manages to find Duncan a Scottish Claymore-type sword. Obviously, that point was mentioned because the book was written after the show was produced, and they had to retcon a reason for ex-slave Duncan to be carrying a weapon that didn't come within 1,000 miles of North Africa. I'll send you guys all my Highlander books. Thank Jim!
1: Thank you, Jim.
3: For your Thank insights you, and perhaps for these books, because, you know, we're always in it for the loot. <laughs> That's
1: right. Like Reading. like the pirates in that story. That's true. Reading is fundamental.
2: And then also continuing our, on our finale series, Jim S from Detroit wrote us again and he says, love the podcast guys. Just want to point out one thing. Attending a convention back in the 90s, Gillian and Donna pointed out one reason Mythos was so chill about the chance the disc could go public was that he wasn't on the disc.
3: Right, and he's referencing here Gillian Horvath and Donna Leto, two of the most important writers on the show. Right. Which makes
2: sense. He created it to keep track of other immortals. No reason to put himself on it. And also Don Seltzer didn't know Mythos was playing him. When you think about the disc and the effort that went into creating it you realize that mythos was actually using a good friend for his own selfish reasons strikes me as quite a dick move (laughs) hey jim thank you jim that's a good point and some good convention insights yeah good that he wasn't on the disc so it didn't really matter to him and he doesn't really care about anybody
1: so don played himself by teaming up with mythos to find mythos. Yeah. <laughs> you played yourself. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So finally, to round out the last of our season three reader mail, let's talk a little bit about uh, some responses to our recap
3: episode. Yeah, we got some nice responses to that. So good friend of the show, Wendy P, wrote in after hearing our recap. So she says, the third re- season wrap up was hysterical, by the way. But it, perhaps it wasn't the safest thing for me to listen to on a drive in midwinter on icy roads. For the record, I did make it home safely and start the day in the great mood, so it all worked out. Aww. Based on this, the, the last few podcasts, we need to add some entries to the rewatched drinking game. All right, Ooh. friends of the show will recall that uh, Wendy actually did create a little drinking game for us that's based great. on uh, some of our ticks and quirks that we implement. I'll have to update the graphic and get rid of my typo on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: And I can update the pinned tweet, mm. which contains the rules of the drinking game. And said typo. That's right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Keith, this is where she actually does come after you, straight for the jugular, like a lion. Wendy, why has it got to be like this? <laughs> like a lioness, and <clears throat> your your stupidity is the gazelle. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, so, new rules. Sip. Kyle says, hey-o. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> or Keith mispronounces a word. <laughs> when does that happen? It has never happened. No. Yeah. Gulp, Keith doubles down on mispronouncing a word, (laughs) which is really funny, Wendy. That is good. Or Eamon gets demonstrably easier questions in a game and still loses. (laughs) That's it for now. I'm sure there'll be more later. Keep up the great work. And I'm very excited about what you say about Highlander colon the final dementia. Parenthetical, not misspelled. That's an old fan name for the movie, by the way. That's really
2: good. I had never heard that before. The final, final dimension. That's, that's, that's great. Delightful. Wendy, you're great. Keep them coming. You know what, Wendy? I've got my own drinking game for you. <laughs> Gulp anytime you write some condescending ass email on how we speak here only you god damn it it's god only god you
3: <laughs> <laughs> she has no problems with two-thirds of this equation it's all keithy wendy. it's all keithy poo
1: keithy poo
2: all right thank you very much it's, for the email wendy <laughs> it's
3: it's pronounced keithy puh
2: amen what do we got
1: uh so this is from vince's he gives us a few of his favorites of the first three seasons oh, that's right we asked people to tell us what their favorites are let's rattle them off that's right vince's top three episodes Mortal Sins, Reasonable Doubt, and Finale, Part 1 and 2. And then he has parentheses, yes, cheating, because I guess that's two episodes.
2: Disqualified, which
3: is what you did. (laughs) I I did that too.
1: Top three least favorite, Bless the Child, Bad Day in Building A, and The Zone.
3: Bless the Child does not belong on that list. Bless this Endless child. Endless font. Bless
1: this child. <laughs> Endless font of joy. Favorite quickenings. Epitaph for Tommy. Finale 2. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers in Arms. Band of Brothers <laughs> Who in we Arms. Just ta- when you just read Band of Brothers, I was like, he's talking about this episode. That's impossible. <laughs> I can't separate them in my head. Best Villains. Callis, Xavier St. Cloud. And Nikki Ward. With the bonus villain Michael Christian, <laughs> Oh, Michael Christian, Nikki Will Nikki, Will Nikki Ward, Will Nikki Ward, favorite guest stars: Roger Daltrey as Fitz, Roland Gift as Xavier Saint Cloud, <laughs> and Christopher Lambert as Connor. I'm actually surprised none of us mentioned that. Did any of us say Connor McLeod?
2: No, but I think for good reason. Like it's what
3: good reason?
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess it's cool that he's in the show, but
3: Kyle, I believe. How do you describe his acting? I wasn't describing his oh, acting. Yeah. I was announcing my own judgment. <laughs> That's trying to like his fucking acting. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the like, more the more he has to do, the less I like him. Yeah.
1: Which is not to say that I don't know. He's a less is more kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Favorite moral questions: Was killing Tommy Sullivan really justified on pure immortal levels? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. And the best sidekick moment, when Eamon reads the YouTube comments game, LOL, especially the one about the pork, so to speak. The pork. <laughs> Which one's that, Eamon? Explain uh, it to me. That is when somebody said they wanted to slam the pork into Dr. Ann Lindsay. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, good God. That is that is a YouTube comment. That's right. Not held by the Highlander Rewatched staff members or though, organization. Though we are emphatic about calling our dicks pork. Yeah, that's all I call it. That's all I call it. <laughs> and I'm like, you are needing kosher, I hope. <laughs> Eamon has uh, lost a lot of dates that way. Yeah, I have. I'm like, oh, you are? Shit. Well, it was a pleasant evening, <laughs> and I wish my lady all the best. <laughs> and he says, although, is Eamon really a sidekick? Hmm. I've always thought of him as the tales of this group. The tails. Miles <laughs> tails. Miles, Miles Prower. Tails Prower. Oh, that's right. Thanks,
2: That's such an insane thing. Sonic the Hedgehog trivia. Miles' last name is Prower. Prower. Like, miles per hour. Yeah. What's Sonic's last name? Hedgehog. The hedgehog? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Sonic T. Hedgehog. <laughs> I have this bootleg pin that is a picture of Sonic, and then under it says Obama.
3: <laughs> I, I've, I've seen a backpack that yeah. says that, and, and it I'm looks like, amazing. This is great. <laughs> I bought that pin immediately.
1: <laughs> Instantly. How could you not? It was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I showed it to somebody at work, and they were like, What? <laughs>
2: I love that. That's really good.
1: What? Why does it say "Obozo"? Oh, Am I right? Obumo. Oh. Oh,
3: oh, <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> All right. So I believe we have one more email to round out our recap, right? Actually, this one is also from Vince's. He uh, decided to weigh in a little bit on the review. He has a, a, a few items for us. So the one I wanted to read is he's talking about some of the comments that come up in the YouTube game. Ooh. And he says the one about vanity being arrogant really got me she died early from kidney issues due to years of drug abuse but she turned her life around became a again minister and gave her life to that religion by telling her story to help others with addiction issues and she refused any of her royalties from her singing days sounds pretty arrogant sarcasm i also think at the end of season three they did know there would be a season four which is something we posited. yeah i think because uh adrian paul went right to scotland to film some uh, of the stuff that's right season four opener yeah i think i was the one who posited that like yeah. oh maybe like i don't know if they because they like
2: threw all the chips on the table like, so, like go out with a bang yeah it's like maybe they didn't know so they'd like for you know going out with gusto mm-hmm. but definitely not true yeah. wrong again man we are wrong a lot
1: wrong wrong wrong, wrong. That was a good email Vince thank you very much Yeah, yeah we I agree appreciate we appreciate vanity comment
3: all of our fan comments where can people reach us if they want to send us emails like this
2: people can reach us at highlander rewatched at gmail.com and you Is can Is that send,
1: Google mail? That's
2: Google mail. That's short for Google mail. A goo go But yeah write us uh, tell us what you think of the show tell us uh, if we have questions of the week things we discuss on the show that you agree with don't agree with if you have special behind the scenes trivia that you know let us know about it and we will share it With the audience. So thanks everybody for writing in. And Wendy P, you make me feel terrible. (laughs) He still
3: loves you though. You know he does. You can see it in his face. I'm heartbroken. We can see it. Is that Mario? (laughs) Does Mario has a party just come? to Mario
1: has a party. Mario has a party
3: 8. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> a party game. Yeah, get get it? It? fortunately, you don't have to rotate the joystick on this one
1: that gives get you those blisters. big hand blisters. I'll give you a joystick to rotate. <laughs> it's called the pork game,
3: and you're violating your own one
1: rule. Oh,
3: All right, guys, let's
2: hop into season two. Was eight. Season two! <laughs> <laughs> let's hop in to season four episode two we're early in the day here too this is our was second any episode. of that usable it <laughs> <laughs> was anything we just
3: did even in the realm of possibility let's of- start over do you actually want to start over or no 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 okay <laughs> i don't have time
1: for that I ain't got time for that. Reclaiming my time. Maxine Waters. This episode we're talking about
2: today is Brothers in Arms. It was first aired October 25th, 1995. If anyone's keeping track, that's a month after the previous episode. Wait, what? Yeah. The first episode was September 25th, I think. Isn't that weird? And this one was? October 25th weird yeah they took a break strangely i don't know why that's very strange very strange so this episode was directed by charles wilkinson we like this guy a lot uh, he's got some character his previous two episodes were courage and shadows uh he mostly does documentary work now and Is most of this what work i know i said it wrong <laughs> i was hoping to say by. did somebody
1: so, write us an email about this so <laughs>
2: only only wendy would have caught that he mostly does documentary work now. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's a gulp, listeners. Oh, God damn it. And how do, how do I say, uh, what's uh, Indiana Jones' occupation? He's an arche- archaeologist. Archaeologist. <laughs> archaeologist. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, he's only got one more Highlander <laughs> episode to go after this one. And oh, he actually no. won an award for this episode.
1: What really? award?
2: Yeah. What award? I don't know. And he doesn't remember either. Oh. But. Very good. (laughs) Does does he know he got it? Was this a fever dream? No. I I don't know. He says he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did. He's like, yeah, this episode I got an award for.
3: Did he get a ribbon that said you're a great eater? (laughs) What what was it? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, this episode was written by the one and only Maury Ravinsky, who we, uh, of course, met at the Highlander Worldwide Convention. And we have a very special episode coming up with him that we recorded at the convention. That's right. Uh, He's a cool dude. Very cool cool dude. And we'll have more details on what Maury's been up to later. Ooh, Maury, Ooh Is that Maury? a threat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so his previous episodes were The Fighter, The Cross of St. Antoine, and Blackmail. Maury's got a new book coming out probably next month, so we will be providing you with the details on how to get it. Deets. This episode guest stars Wolfgang Bodison as Andrew Cord. What a name. What
3: the? How is...
2: Jesus Christ, that's that guy's name? I mean, a guy that acts the way this guy acts, I
1: absolutely believe his
3: name is (laughs) Wolfgang Bodison. Bodison? Also, first off, that sounds like a porn star.
1: Yeah, Bodison. Bodison? Bodison. And Wolfgang? Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Wolfie. Wolfgang. That's That's his (laughs) his
2: Wolf connections from the last episode. Wolf? Warf. Yeah, Warf <laughs> Connections. I'm your Chidich. You son of Chidich. <laughs> so, his very first role was as Harold W. Dawson and a few good men. Dawson Connection, too. How about that?
1: Wow. Wow. That is. I remember him from that movie because while I was watching movie. this episode, I was like, where do I remember this guy from? And I couldn't handle the truth. It was from a few good men. <laughs> good men, man, yeah. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You can't
3: handle the truth. <laughs> good guys.
2: Uh, this episode also guest we're the stars. The fucking worst. This episode also guest stars Philip Aiken.
3: Back he's back. Charlie. Ooh,
0: Charlie. Charlie. DeSalvo
3: salvo. So he's white now and works at a Kendo studio in Queens. Yes. Does Mac relocate to Queens? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're making references to the white Charlie in Highlander 3. No, I
1: know. Yeah, I know <laughs> you
3: know, but you've given me nothing. Give me nothing. I got, I got nothing left to give, Kyle.
1: <laughs> After Wendy's email.
2: I know. it really took like the heart out of it for me. Really? Yeah. I was the
3: one who teased you.
2: <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> uh, this episode also guest stars Liliana Komorowska? Komorowska? I don't know. Asmara. Last time we saw her was in The Revolutionary. This is who Charlie falls head over heels for and goes to, and goes to the stand to go yeah. To fight some war with a sword. Like he yep. takes his yeah, sword. sword.
3: What happened <laughs> to the sword? That was my question the whole time. They keep on showing him over there. He's swordless. Yeah, where's the sword? Maybe he determined that
2: was not the best weapon of choice to <laughs> fight like a war A with modern him. war.
1: Instead, he switches to faulty guns. <laughs> he might have been better off with the sword. Yeah. So,
2: IMDb description time. Duncan and Joe arrive at the San Francisco airport.
3: What? Let- what? <laughs> what? San yeah. Francisco airport? That's, that's <laughs> Why on earth are they flying into San Francisco? Is this, there a title card in the true? beginning that
2: says that?
1: I don't remember. I don't
2: remember that either.
1: This is absurd. <laughs> this is
2: <Yeah>. nuts. <laughs> False IMDb description. All right. Where Duncan encounters a mortal Andrew Cord being shot by a masked man, who turns out to be Charlie DeSalvo. Joe recognizes Charlie's intended immortal victim as a former platoon mate from Vietnam. A soldier dedicated to maintaining unit solidarity and who saved Joe's life, but who is now selling defective weapons to Charlie and Mara's Balkan revolutionaries. That is a long Run sentence. Wow. sentence. Wow. That is the lo- that might be the longest single sentence in one of these descriptions. Duncan is torn between loyalty to Charlie and Joe's loyalty to Cord. <laughs>
1: that's a heck of that's an, that's a heck
2: that's of a, a, that's a, a, that's
3: a description. A, that is a meaty. <laughs> it's, starting and, off with and it's wrong. And it's like they go to San Francisco. They drive all the way from San Francisco back up to Seacouver. Yeah. What? That's so weird. Which is where, or is Seacouver in San Francisco? Or near San Francisco. In this alternate universe. I have no, some thoughts. I have some not. thoughts on where Seacouver is. Also <laughs> in <this episode. laughs> God. It's in Vancouver. We know this. Or it's in Seattle, essentially. Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> we have another
2: IMDB description. When Duncan and Joe land back from Scotland, they both witness a sniper take out an immortal. The sniper ends up being Charlie, and Charlie tells Duncan that the person he shot killed his girlfriend Mara in the Balkans. The immortal is named Cord. <laughs> and that's the end? No. no uh, oh, I
3: hope that was... I wish that the was... The
2: immortal that. is named Cord, and he saved Joe Dawson's life in Vietnam. Joe lost his leg in Vietnam, hence the cane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is staying in. This is staying in. Also, that is. Did he bonkers. only lose one leg? Didn't he lose two leg? Yeah. two leg? Two leg. Two leg.
2: All right. Joe lost his leg in Vietnam, hence the cane. And he met Ian, who was part of the Watchers in Vietnam as well. That makes it sound like the Watchers in Vietnam. Yeah, but it not he was that he part
3: met of it. the That's Watchers in Vietnam. That's actually the sequel. There's, yeah. The there's, watchers. there's there's Watchers one. There's Watchers two. And there's Watchers Cole in Vietnam.
1: <laughs> Vietnam vacation.
3: Yeah. Vietnam
2: vacation. All right. uh, Joe doesn't want to come between Cord and Duncan. This is long. But after Charlie gets killed by Cord, Duncan demands to know where he is and fights him to the death. This ruins the end of the
1: episode. (laughs) Yowza. But they don't say who's death. Maybe Highlander from henceforth will star Cord. (laughs) It does, actually. Yeah. Now that you you mention it. It's funny how I never heard about this drastic switch up of the series after this episode. (laughs) That stars a completely different person.
3: Well, AP got so uh, excited behind the camera in Homeland, Now he's was like, "Now nah, you take over. There's a possibility that I will lose this fight. Possibility. So,
2: let's talk about our cold open. We're at the airport in San Francisco.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a mere hours after our last episode, Homeland. That's right. Which this is, is kind of like cool. 24 they... plus hours probably after mm-hmm. And Joe and and Duncan look like they're having a great time getting off this flight. Yeah. With their shades and whatnot. They're BFFs now. I actually wish I paid attention to what they were wearing versus the end of Homeland.
2: Uh, We see a sniper putting a silencer on his gun. What is up with this gun? When he pulls the trigger, it looks like it's like a revolver. There's like a revolving chamber. I don't know enough about guns to know... How that works. Yeah, well, that's because... I mean, I know how a revolver that, works.
3: That's because we're all libtards,
1: so... <laughs> <laughs> or cucks. <Yeah.
3: laughs> so, Cuck life, baby! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. We don't know anything about guns.
1: I'm sure one of our listeners will know. Write us in.
3: So, anyway, Mac gets the buzz, and we
2: see this guy... Like, this is weird, like... This is really <laughs> weird. So, there's a lot of superimposition yeah, in well, this like, episode.
1: They zoom in on this immortal who's cords face and he like is looking devious for some reason but he's not like that's, doing anything devious. Dude that's devious. just that's just, just his face. No, I've noticed that like this guy his... is
2: intense all, all the time. <laughs> time. Yeah. He has no off switch. Yeah. He's always like ha. And he, he's here, not... here, world. This yeah. guy has RIF, resting intense, intense face. Intense.
1: <laughs> he just has this like devious cock of his face. You can't see he just has Stop this... talking about
2: his cock. He just has this devious cock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But
2: they superimpose his face on Mac. Yeah. Which to me implies, like, the way that's edited seems to say...
1: That he's h- here for him.
2: No, I think it says that Mac can tell who it is based on the buzz. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's showing that that's what he's feeling. But that's that- how I read that edit. But
1: that's not the case. I
2: know. But the power of editing, mm. I think, can make you think that a little, right?
3: Maybe? That was not what
2: they I... never They've never done this before. Usually, they'll edit together both. Like, they zoom in on both Immortals' faces to show they're both getting the buzz. Mm. But in this case, they, like, superimpose this face. And also, they use this superimposition later when Cord and Joe are remembering Vietnam. Right. So, again, it's like... This is triggering a memory, like it's internal. So the language, the vocabulary of editing the show is using implies that this is an internal
3: thought. In some ways, yes, though I don't think it ever comes back. No, I know it never comes back. That's sort it's weird. <laughs> Do you yeah. agree? It's weird.
1: They're also kind of like doing a trick where you think the shooter is going to shoot either Duncan or Joe. When in actuality, the shooter is shooting neither of our intrepid heroes. Whoa, what? <laughs> Who's he shooting? The third immortal introduced. Third, second. <laughs> so
2: this Counting. guy shoots Cord like in the stomach first, so, and then yeah, Cord gets in the chest, the shit shot
3: out of him. Yeah, it's bad. He's shit house.
2: Yeah. So Mac runs after
1: the sniper, and and he says to Joe to like take care of or get rid of Cord, right? Which why? how is he supposed to do that? Well, I guess why is, is, is like like also to hide him so he doesn't wake up and reveal yeah. his immortality. I guess. Like
2: and nobody's around to see Joe, legless Joe, drag <laughs> that's Joe okay. drag
3: a body into his car. You like, anticipated yeah. my question, which is how do the mechanics of this work? Yeah, like, right. I I don't know. Not to be an ableist, how does Joe drag this huge man
1: into his car? Yeah. I mean, this seems
3: like a hard proposition for, for anybody. Yeah. Like. He gets him into the seat and practically buckles, and buckles him in. Him in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Safety first. That's right. Yeah. So
3: Mac, he's in Mac mo- Mac mode, Mac yeah. mode. Yeah, and uh, he's hunting. He's on the hunt for Balaclava shooter, Mac Panther. Yeah, Mac Panther. Oh, that new movie, like Black Panther. <laughs> Mac has some interesting ideas on race.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this masked figure tries to like leap a fence. Mac stops him there, and then they have a fucking. Karate the karate fight. fight at the airport, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, so then Mac like shoves him on a car, rips his mask off, and who
3: is it? Blah, blah, blah. Charlie. Charlie, and he's still wearing his glasses. They had this whole karate fight, and he still has his sunglasses on yeah. his face, which is kind of impressive. He's cool. And he's cool as shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mac has this fucking cool karate fight, and his fucking sunglasses are on the whole fucking time because that's how cool he is. We sh- we should do an episode
2: like that. Like, where we never say anything <laughs> bad about the episode, where we're just like, everything is fucking
3: awesome. But, fucking we, but we say it like
1: bros. Yeah. Yo, this is fucking great. This is fucking sick, dude. <laughs> McLeod fucking fights this fucking ski mask dude, and they're doing all these, like, fucking Krav Maga stuff, and then he fucking flips him on a uh, car lid. Yo, that's fucking sick, dude. He Yo, fucking does, like, a reverse flip on him. He takes his fucking mask off. It's fucking Charlie, man. That fucking blew my mind, man. I was like, shit, Charlie, he's one of the good guys. (laughs) Yo, there's got to be more to this than meets the eye. (laughs) Yo, man, this is like, there's something's bubbling under the surface on this one, bro. Yo, there's more to this than what it seems. That's all I'm saying. This got me pumped, man. And then they go right into the fucking theme song. Yo, dude, I was like, I can't wait for this to be over so I can get right back into it, man. We got to find out what's going on with
3: Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Oh,
2: Very good. shit. So then, bam, that's the mystery of this episode. Smash cut to the credits. Yeah.
1: And these well, are the, the new credits. That that's we right. See. They're
2: still using those new credits. They haven't... <laughs> they <laughs> they even, go back it wasn't was one and done. <laughs>
1: that, all was, right. that was a shocker for yeah. me. More shocking than Charlie. Is Charlie... Does he have a credit? No, he doesn't. No,
2: it's just guest starring... That's kind of sad, Phil Aiken. You want him in no, this? The I want him episode? in the
1: theme song. Yeah, I like Charlie. I do I too. Said, you want to rewrite the theme song to be about Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's not immortal. <laughs> 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 Went to
3: the Balkans. <laughs> Decision we can't explain.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. Mac is scolding Charlie. Yeah,
2: this is the clip at the top of the episode. So what, what is yeah. he talking about? This is about?
1: classic Mac dressing down. <laughs> He's like, you never shoot from cover. Or what does he
3: say?
2: Yeah, he says, since when did you start shooting from cover, Charlie? Uh, I don't know, since ever, because
3: it's good practice not to stand out in the open when you shoot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Has Mac Mac has shot a lot of people from behind cover. Well, I That's all I'm saying. This is like the idea that
2: snipers... Are cowardly is like a popular like belief like definitely in like world war Two, like german snipers like that was not a way to fight a war like you don't hide and shoot people from hundreds of yards away mm, you know what i mean like that i think that's i think that's kind of what this is getting at that like charlie's a man of honor you don't hide and fight you do it in the open
1: fair enough yeah interesting charlie says he was justified It was a righteous action. That's right. Whoa. I like how he says righteous. I know. It's cool. I was like, yeah. (laughs) When Charlie gets fired
3: up, man, like I'm always a little torn. Like sometimes when like I enjoy Charlie in like the really light moments and the really intense moments. Yeah. Sometimes in that middle area, I feel like it's a little wonky. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel like he's delivering lines that are like. In a way that's too light when it's like a little bit intense, yeah, but like I like Charlie, I like I like the I like actor a lot, yeah. yeah, I do too, but like he really nails it when he's on like an end of a spectrum, so he describes it as a righteous action, and like this whole exchange is great, yeah, right, it so is. Mac is like, you gotta stay
1: out of this, like, this is not your fight, Charlie, Charlie thinks he's taking care of this issue, right,
2: so then we cut to the car, which where is this parked? How uh, awesome, yeah, we don't do
1: snipers, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And is this in the morning? Is he sniping for breakfast? Yeah, it is like in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, in an airport. Like
3: I don't know how big airport security was in the nineties because I was seven when this was filmed.
1: But like, and it seems like to be this a small is an airport place They're... to like shoot someone. Yeah, yeah. Like there still are going to be cops around, right? And does this make it like a worse
3: crime? It's almost certainly a federal crime if it takes place in an airport. Yeah, I'm not. Be- I wouldn't bet
1: on that, but I think it's more likely. Yeah. Mm. So, Charlie's taking a big risk to fucking right. ice this mofo.
2: But I'm just thinking about, like, I know when I park at the Philadelphia airport, I have to take, like, a bus yeah. <laughs> you you to can get from see the, the aer- planes in the background of this. Yeah. yeah, like, where is this car? Is Joe parked on the runway? Did like Mac yeah. Buy yeah. a M- private <laughs> flight?
3: The show opens with a jet landing. Yeah. How big a jet, though? The term jet doesn't necessarily mean 747, it means no, it has a jet engine. All right. Sun. All right. All right.
2: This is, this is a commercial airliner. No. okay yeah definitely right. that's landing. i don't yeah, know if they're that's implying... the answer to my question the, the two things though it could be it's just implying it's an airport or is it implying that that's the plane that's landing their plane
3: right uh, good question
2: they certainly like they would not fly a small airplane to this airport you would have because it's a long trip it's a long flight they're coming from
3: scotland that's true or maybe uh duncan mccloud's actually a member of the trump administration <laughs> and he refuses to fly commercial <laughs> I think that's probably what it that's is. That's probably it.
2: Pruitt style. So yeah. anyway, Joe had to drag this body perhaps a mile to the airport parking lot. Uh so there we go. So anyway, back in the car. Did anyone catch the music playing? Yeah, it's a Jim
1: Burns song. It's, <laughs> it's Jim
2: Burns singing. And Cord does not care for That like made me laugh out loud. Like Cord wakes up and he's like turn this shit off, which yeah. I think was great. Also, Joe
3: listening to his own album is that a little conceited? Yes. Yes.
2: I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a narcissist. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well,
2: it, it turns out he knows this guy. And yeah. this guy does not he's like, D- "Do I know you or something?" And so they have some like memories. And then there's this other superimposition of like soldiers running. It's like, "I don't right. know what I've been told." Doesn't Joe say that?
1: Yeah, he does. Joe
2: says, says, "I don't know, but I Oh, I that's right. Yeah, he starts I've been saying told. that. Old yeah. good Marines, they don't grow old." Which one of them did? Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of them did indeed. And he was like, "Ah, oh, Boy Scout." Oh, and he says, "I'll be damned, outstanding." The way he says oh, yeah.
3: outstanding. Oh, yeah. Is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 tempted to try to do it, but it's like one of those flying too close to the sun moments. We can we can play this clip yeah, right now, or it. we can just play the outstanding
2: part. Yeah. Yes. i be damn outstanding. Outstanding. Nice. It is kind of it's like, like that. outstanding. <laughs> I was like, whoa! It's so intense.
3: Yeah. This guy This guy's performance. <laughs> this guy's performance goes between seven and twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are the levels.
1: Mr. Bodison. Mr. Wolfgang Bodison. Wolfgang <laughs>
3: Bodison. We've right, so, to Vietnam, 1964. 68. 68. <laughs> this fucking Music cue when they cut back.
2: Oh, this like Jimi Hendrix like Well, I was like, they're like, how close can we get to Purple Haze without <laughs> having to pay any money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> like... Also, is this our first like non-immortal flashback? Dude. Although, although who's, immortal- although who's having the flashback? Is a Cord or is it Joe?
3: It's Duncan. <laughs>
2: It's still a Duncan
3: flashback. <laughs> I feel like we've had other
1: mortal yeah, flashbacks yeah. before. We have. We've well, we oh, somebody yeah. we had flashbacks that don't involve Dunkin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We we had a villain one. I can't remember who okay. it was
2: well, very for good. some reason. But well, here yeah. we get a flashback. And this all looks pretty cool. Like they do a good job considering this is filmed in Vancouver. for yeah. given like a given
1: like a Vietnam look. Considering that, it's an excellent job. I didn't buy the first shot, like the paved road, for some reason. Even though I'm sure they had paved. I don't, roads I don't think in it was Vietnam. a paved road. I think
2: it was a, like a dirt road, but it was like tightly compacted. And yeah, some about
1: that didn't look right to me. Yeah. But other than that, it's like. Really good. Right. So they're in this small
2: little village and there's like this woman screaming in like a straw hut.
1: This woman has just been raped by an American soldier.
3: Who's still in there pulling up his fucking pants. Yeah. Which all I'm saying is like, it
1: seemed like Joe
3: and this guy were there specifically to deal with this
1: yeah that's what it seems. Right?
3: Like. oh really well seemingly but then i was confused as to why he's still there i think I they know. just heard the screaming and, and went
2: then in. went in maybe yeah. i
1: don't know yeah it was confusing
2: either way they go in
1: cord is trying to like settle this with the woman by bribing her right so he's
2: tries to give her like a watch and all this stuff and, like some rations like yeah. that's gonna make it better and she's flipping out but, like, Joe questions where he even got that watch from, which I think implies that, like, did he steal that watch or something? Like, he was like, where'd that watch come from? Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a little passing yeah. line about, like, the validity of that watch. Uh, it's just like, fell off a truck or something. Yeah, yeah. This woman's performance is, like intense yeah i think she does a great job like she does she's really hysterical
1: he sends joe out yeah and he's, he's like to the woman we're gonna settle this one way or the other
2: yeah and joe doesn't want to go but he's like you will follow orders so joe leaves and then you hear more screaming inside and then a shot so this cord guy is bad bad news yeah <laughs> because yeah she re- she refuses she's gonna she's like i'm gonna report this or whatever
3: then he goes out to have an argument with joe he's like "You reported it He'd be court-martialed. And Joe's like, fucking good. Right.
1: He should be. And then Cord is basically like, here, we have to stand by each other yeah. no matter what. He's like, that guy's scum, but he's our scum. But so yeah, he th- gets
2: his I- instant comeuppance. Yeah, so this guy, Butler, is like smoking a cigarette or a cigar. He says something gross. No, some guy yells to him, like, oh, are you in love now? And he's like, huh? Like, yeah. And then, bam, he gets his brains blown out. (laughs) So I guess, like, I I guess good that the show gave him is like,
1: comeuppance. Comeuppance, yeah. I was
2: shocked. I was, like, stunned when that happened. I was like, whoa.
1: So they're attacked. All sorts of shit's flying around, and people are getting shot. Including Cord. He gets shot.
3: He gets shot, like, six times in
1: front of Joe. So he's dead, or so everybody thinks.
2: Right. So Joe's running away, yeah. and he steps on a mine. The way this is shot, too, is, like, I love that, like, the music, everything kind of cuts out. He looks down, sees his foot on the mine. Like, there's a good beat there, and then it explodes, and he gets, like, sent into this
3: pond. Yeah, he gets blown into the river. Hence the cane. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> shit, shit. <laughs> This is a very dark sequence. This whole—I yeah. se- mean, Vietnam is a very dark chapter. But like, Butler gets killed.
2: The woman gets killed. Joe gets his legs blown off. Cord, Cord gets killed. Cord gets killed. Like, this
3: is—it seems is like intense. I think. Do you see other members of the yeah team yeah
2: get killed? Yeah, there's like some dude crossing running over the bridge and he gets shot down. His gun goes flying in the air.
3: They make Cord. This is the P- perpetual Highlander problem. Just a little too evil. You know what I mean? Like, I like the idea that like. This contrast, like, Joe's the Boy Scout, he wants to follow the rules. Court is like, no, it's about protecting your own, it's about doing what's right. But make it a situation in which that could be a reasonable position to hold. Like, this guy's not a rapist, and you don't answer that rape with a murder. Yeah. But it's like, this guy does something wrong, like, like, does something wrong that's lesser. Maybe he's stealing something. Yeah, I don't know. Something to make this, or like... You know what I kind of would've liked is or not even would have liked, but like, if Cord takes the position is like you don't get to report this guy, like, I'll handle it. And like, I don't know, maybe he beats the shit out of this guy or something. Right. Or maybe he does like, does something to show that he's just not off the rails. Because he seems off the rails from jump. Oh, yeah. yeah. He never has me on his team. I feel like there's some version very close to what we saw here where it's like, okay, they are representing, it, like, ends of a spectrum and, like, Cord's extreme. But, like, you can understand how a person gets there. Like, I have no sympathy from him from nope. the very beginning. Yeah. he
1: Like, he killed a woman who was just
3: raped. Right. To protect the rapist. Like, you're never going to win anyone over on something like that.
1: But he stays true to his word by rescuing Joe. It's true. Bros before. (laughs) What was that, Keith? (laughs) What was that? I didn't quite hear it.
3: (laughs) You should probably say it again.
2: Anyway, so after Joe gets his legs blown up, (laughs) <laughs> the screen goes, like, white, and it kind of cuts to later, and it's a cool shot of Cord like, coming out of the water, like, Apocalypse Now style, which is yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, Joe is, like, floating in the pond or whatever, and he takes his body and ends up carrying him to safety. 16 miles, I believe, it yep. said later. And, of course, Joe is, like, how can it be? Like, he's semi-conscious at this point, and Cord is, like, no, like, you're in shock from the blast. Like, you don't know what's going on or whatever. So Cord's still trying to keep his cover. Yeah, um, but while saving him. Yeah. You know, so he does do something good. Absolutely. Like, so we cut back to the present in the car with Joe and Cord. But Cord is still trying to, like, cover up the fact that, like, oh, I wasn't shot. Like, uh oh, it's got a little flesh wound. And, like, Joe yeah. was like, no, you were, like, plugged through the heart or whatever. Like, I know what's going on. I know what you are.
1: And he reveals that he's a watcher.
2: That's right.
3: Does he reveal that he's a watcher? Oh, you know what? I don't.
2: No, he no, does. not He, doesn't he just him. says, "I know about immortals," no. yeah. and I think he yeah. maybe says that Mac is like. Yeah, he, he reveals knows.
3: that he knows Matt, the guy with
2: him, right? Because like they're such knows. good friends. Joe asks, he's like, "Oh, do you know who the shooter could be?" And Cord's like, "Oh, like you know, with someone who has a long, such a long past like me, like you, things accumulate, so it could be anybody." And he's like, "I'm sure your friend knows that." And Joe's like, "Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> the best." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we, we cut back to the loft. We're the, back uh,
1: here, and Mac is kind of covering for Charlie and says that the shooter got away and he doesn't know who it is.
2: And so Joe's telling Mac why Cord means so much. to him. he talks about how he carried him 16 miles in the jungle, he owes him his life, all that sort of stuff. And Duncan's like, I understand. But I guess Joe is trying to make sure that Mac doesn't think there's any sort of beef here. Trying to explain, like, why is Cord at the airport yeah, that, also i was kind of curious why is Cord at the airport he explains it later oh does
3: he he was there specifically to try to jo- draw out charlie but, oh like, that's he right knew that's right charlie was chasing him so he like put himself in a vulnerable position that's where he right knew charlie would strike that's right drove down
2: sure. to san francisco for that yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh did anyone notice what mac is doing in this scene
1: it <laughs> uh, doesn't he have like lots of papers he just out? has like a well, shit ton of, of papers. papers yeah
2: but it doesn't look like mail it looks like I don't know. It's, again, prime fiddling acting. Yeah, He's yeah.
1: doing a P&L for the, uh, for the gym. Yeah, for the dojo, going over <laughs> their tax <laughs> documents. Oh,
3: I don't know, man. I don't know how much depreciation I can get on the rowing machine.
1: <laughs> i uh, got to review my fixed assets. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we cut to the next morning in the dojo, and Mac is working out. He's just
1: boxing. He's Which is another down. clip from the from the intro. The
3: intro. That's yeah. right. Which I actually kind of like the way they put it in the intro. It's yeah. like a it's like a satisfying rhythm that he's Yeah, the intro has
2: such good rhythm to it. It's awesome. Check <laughs> <laughs> out.
3: Oh, so anyway, uh,
2: so this Charlie comes in. Charlie... Go
1: to the Balkans. Charlie, Follow a journalist that you just met. <laughs> Charlie's like coming back into the dojo that was formerly his <laughs> that his friend now owns. It's just weird.
3: <laughs> That's weird? I think he used it's He's to weird. work there.
1: I know, but it used to be his and now his friend has it. Yeah. That was true for years. That's true.
2: So Charlie knows something's up because he's like, I called like the press, I called the airport, like or the police, I guess he calls. He's like, Nobody has reported this dead body. Like, what is up? And Mac tries to cover, he's like, Well, maybe you didn't get him. Like, maybe you winged him or whatever. And Charlie's like, No, I know I shot this guy. Like, he's dead.
3: Was Charlie a seal? Was that his deal?
2: Yes, he was a seal. Ooh, 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 <laughs> <laughs>
3: ooh,
1: That's why he was in San Francisco <laughs> on
2: the pier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: going to SeaWorld. <laughs> That's why they were in San Francisco visiting some old friends. <laughs>
2: so mac is like i still don't know why you did this thing and he's like it was because of mara and then we get a flashback to the balkans and this <laughs> what? it's like a wedding <laughs> yeah, what is there's like random shooting and then suddenly the camera pans over and there's like a groom and a tux and a woman like a dead bride it's like what is happening in the middle of this alley
3: it's like this yeah it's torn like an alley, alley. <laughs> it's well, now it looks like an alley. There used <laughs> yeah. to be a building there. Yeah. <laughs> Significant thought on this. What follows is a really dumb, generic discussion. Where Charlie is very upset. He's like, oh, this raid was my idea. It didn't go well. The tactics were there. It was like, he says some weird generic nonsense.
2: Yeah, he says like that they had, like, he says something like, we had the high ground. Yeah. We had, like, yeah, it, this should have gone
3: well. I Don't wish. do it, Anakin. I have, <laughs> I have the them. high ground. Is what the Balkans commander says yeah. to Charlie. And Charlie's like, I'm going for it. Or, yeah. you know, Charlie's the one on. Charlie's Obi-Wan on this analogy in any case that means that charlie planned a raid at a wedding venue it's his raid which means he just made the decision to send these guys where the wedding was that is some civilian blood coated into charlie's grimy (laughs) mitts. that is it's dark That's real dark. Like, they don't hang that out. It's like, oh, all the civilian casualties. That's you, Charlie.
2: You don't think that the soldiers were dressed up?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That was actually his plan. He's like, they will never expect it if we pretend to be a wedding. And then at some point, a clever Balkan soldier is like, hmm, why is the bride wearing a bulletproof vest? (laughs) I should go investigate. But then she pulls a beretta from her bustier. (laughs) Right.
2: And so Mara is like... It, it must wasn't be, the
3: tactics. It must
2: be those, like, Russian guns. And Charlie's yeah. like, no, the Russians know how to make guns. They, they must have been
1: defective. Yeah, them. they must be, like, fake." This whole, like, reasoning out scene is like a Riddler episode of <laughs> I was 1966 exact- Batman. Like, yeah. a-, a cardboard banana or whatever. <laughs> a ballpoint banana. A Ball- ballpoint, ballpoint banana. banana. Someone Russian's going to slip
3: and hurt themselves on a ballpoint banana.
1: The guns must have been defective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Charlie's like, where's Cord? And Mara says, he's back in his hotel room waiting for like the rest of the
3: payment.
1: Yeah, so like, Cord okay. sold them defective guns. So Cord is an arms dealer at yeah. this point in his life. So great guy. Yeah. Really
3: wonderful.
2: So we cut to a little later. Charlie's left. And a Mercedes pulls up, yeah. and Cord is there wearing a wonderful blazer and T-shirt. number. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he comes and he's in, like
2: which Captain nin- Sles. <laughs> yeah.
3: which nineties bullshit was this? Yeah, <laughs> this is
1: a weird performance. <laughs>
3: Well, all right. Let's talk about this performance first. So uh, everything about this guy's performance is is weird, but yeah. I can never look away. I know. Yeah. Also, this guy is ripped as shit. Yeah. This dude's got like the kind of abs that almost make it look like you have a gut. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like they're, they're so built you become an orb. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: he's like slinking he's, around. He's always. like yeah. He's like yeah. he
2: moves, he acts with his like entire body. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. So anyway,
1: he's looking for his he money. Blames Mara. Dick.
2: That yeah the soldiers couldn't shoot straight or whatever. Also like, I know it's like, what is his plan here? Like he came to collect the other half of the money, but like, he knows at this point, like he comes in being like, Oh, the soldiers couldn't shoot straight. Like on she what conf- planet does he think he's going to collect? Like, well she, right.
3: con- well, she confronted him with it. She's like, you, we know you sold us bad stuff. And he says, no, I didn't. Like, your shoulders just can't
1: shoot straight. Nothing wrong with the guns. Okay. He's denying. Yeah. And yeah. also, he probably doesn't really care because they can't do anything to him.
2: That's true.
3: Yeah,
1: they're not going to cut off his head. Oh, or... and also, I yeah. guess his plan is to kill them because he doesn't want
2: anyone to know that he's a guy that sells shit equipment, right? Right. So, I guess it makes sense that he'd come back here to finish the job off. Charlie enters Cord's hotel room. No one's there, of course. This is... You know, kind of just a little random filler scene.
1: They're, like, filming around a room. Yeah.
3: It's, like, all POV, too, yeah. when it comes in. It's a little weird.
1: Yeah. It's like it's, a video game.
3: It's super weird. I'm, I hated that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, overly skeptical of POV shots in general. I almost always hate POV shots, because it's almost always super disorienting and takes you way out of It does of take whatever. you out. You're like, whoa, perspective shift. Was I Duncan McLeod all along? Oh, you <laughs> like, were. And it's in service of nothing. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. Rent over. So we all cu- I'm saying is worst moment in cinematic history is when you get a POV shot from C-fucking-3PO in The Phantom Menace.
2: <laughs> That's right. When he wakes up, right? Yeah. When he wakes up. Dark After shit. Anakin built him. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking terrible. So we cut back to the Rebel headquarters. Mar is calling, what's his name, an SOB. And uh, he demands all his money, and she pulls a gun on him. And then he gets like real smart with her and he's like what do you think like have you ever fired that before it's probably one of mine it's not even going to work.
1: And I'm not sure how he kills her. I know. I, I had
3: notes on
2: that too like how does this all shake out like does he take the gun from her? I, he must. Uh, they her? don't
3: show it. My theory was he's bluffing, takes it from her and shoots her. Yeah. But I guess uh, he gets he walks right up to her right, right. before she fires. Do you think he shoots her with his own gun or does he take her gun and it
2: wasn't effective and I shoots her with it? I think that's what happened.
3: That's it's my theory, but there's not a lot of evidence either way. Yeah. yeah.
2: Seeing yeah. that actually play out, I think, would have been nice because it would have made it like more tragic. Because like the way it's cut together, we're not sure. Maybe her gun was defective. Right. And so he pulls out his own gun and shoots her. So she never had a chance. But I like the idea that like if she had pulled the trigger, she would have won and been able to get away.
1: But, like but she, she was skeptical. In.
2: Yeah, she gives in that this gun isn't going to work. And then he gets it and shoots her with her own gun. So Charlie's coming back. He hears the shot. He runs in. And he's like,
1: oh, I'm going to get you. See, Charlie's really
2: intense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again? Oh, you're, you're dead. dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give it to me. Uh, <laughs> I love the way Cord shoots at Charlie. <laughs> he like blindly he, like, shoots shoot it up. At the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just standing like completely stock still and then just from the side like shoots without even looking. If I was immortal and knew I couldn't
3: die, That is exactly how I would shoot at Charlie. (laughs) And he has like
1: this weird expression
3: on his face. I don't know. This This guy's amazing. This guy is amazing. (laughs) Highlander has a lot of problems with its villains of like not making them three dimensional enough. But they managed to pull some fucking talent, man. <laughs> like, yeah. who can pull off this weird shit? <laughs> Which also... Like, nobody like, else could give a performance like this guy. No. Yeah. Like, it's no just, one else would make these choices ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think at some point he's like, okay, so I'm a cartoon villain. Perfect. And he just... Does he, it. This dude, he, he's having a fucking ball. So let's talk about
2: why he... At, you were like, he's like slinking around. He's yeah. like moving his shoulders. Like, why is he doing that? They had some problems, like in the editing room, when they saw the dailies of this scene. They're like, "What? What is going on? Like, <laughs> did you change the script or anything?" Because there were some extra lines in there that were cut that were not in the script. Because the director, Char- Charlie Charles Wilkinson, was just like, "No, we'll just edit around the stuff he added." This actor Wolfgang wanted some more motivation for his character. Wolfgang Bonercore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wanted, wanted some motivation. Wolfgang Bangerang wanted some motivation <laughs> for why his character would screw over Charlie and Mara, and like, what is his game? He wanted backstory because he's, you know, the game, a real actor. Uh, so his thing was that it was unrequited love, and his character was in love with Mara, Whoa. and she did not love him back. And so that's kind of what's coming across in his performance here is that that's why he's trying to like be like suave and sleazy and yeah. sexy and all this stuff is that like he's got the hots for Mara. Interesting, isn't that so strange? And apparently there was dialogue in there. That he had added? That he had added about that. And they were like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this new backstory?
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
2: But the director was like, we would not have gotten this performance without that added stuff. So I let him do it. (laughs) Yep. Why the fuck not? it's great so yeah charlie is able to escape he hops out a window he, yeah
1: <laughs> throws himself out a window <laughs> yeah it's intense yeah damn. oh and when when charlie gets away he's like damn Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> this guy's amazing we should do a compilation of all his lines please yeah please let's do i that. own your ass yeah <laughs> So back in the present, Max says he understands what's going on to Charlie, like that this is a big deal. He
1: also reveals that Ford is still alive.
2: Correct. I like also the way this uh, transition happens because like Charlie starts telling him this story in the dojo, but when the story's over, they're able to move the location. They've done this before just a handful of times. They move the location up to the loft, which is nice. A good way to change scenery through the flashback. So Charlie leaves in a huff. Some good Charlie acting in this. I like the way how he's... Frustrated the whole time. So we cut to Joe's bar, and Max shows up, and Joe is like stocking the shelves. So I guess Joe's has not been operational since well, he's been away. He's been right, Paris. exactly. But he doesn't have a manager. Callus had a manager. That's what that's what I was getting yeah. at. Is that like Callus found some way to keep his club going? Maybe yeah, that, his, maybe his employees were just really dedicated. Callus is just a well. Callus had that white supremacist man. to run his business for him. Those people are dedicated to a cause. That's for sure. <laughs> it's oh, true. God. Need some fine people or, fine money, fine he, fine or fine maybe he's just people. restocking
3: maybe the business is running all the whole time he's just doing some stock the shelves are empty busy night the busy night where yeah. all the alcohol was. <laughs> yeah. maybe they put the alcohol away somewhere
2: why are you working so hard to defend he's i think he's opening up for the first time
3: you're probably right
2: i know I'm probably right that's that's what they're <laughs> they've intentionally shown that he's opening it up for the first time there's no guess they just need him to fiddle
1: that's right on and they the
2: already roof. did the old mail trick so yeah. <laughs> it's like we've bills. had somebody go through mail this episode how about <laughs> restocking the liquor
1: yeah mac i've been looking over these papers you gave me to look at and i just can't figure it out <laughs> anyway what are you here for yeah <laughs> I don't know. I think you're,
2: you're at a real audit risk here. Yeah. And also, wait, we're also right before Joe left for Paris, was the club shut down for the drug thing too? Yes. So, another well, maybe
1: it's a, still a pending investigation.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Noted drug dealer Joe is able to leave the country. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so Max says he's looking for court and he wants Joe to arrange a meeting. But Joe does not like this situation at all. He's like, this is like Harry. And Mac's like, I know we saved your life. Don't worry. I just need to talk. But Joe is like, he did a lot more than save my life. And then we get another flashback to
3: a field he hospital. He also saved my life. <laughs> so Essentially what he says. Wait, what? No, you said he did a lot more than save my life. The thing he also did was save his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it said he
2: like changed his life. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's what he's getting at. Uh, so bodies are being brought into this hospital, and Joe's there in a bed, passed out. He wakes up. The doctor explains that he was brought in a couple of days ago. This guy's, I guess, a psychiatrist or whatever. And Joe's like, well, the guy that brought me in, like, Cord. And they're like, no, 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 that guy's dead. Like, they brought in his tags. Like, nobody yeah. really knows who brought him in. So it seems like it was still Cord that dropped him off, but, like, just in the night. So Joe asks for some meds for the pain in his legs. Oh, no, he's got phantom limb syndrome. Dun, dun, dun. I know. This is, like... It's a real bummer. This is another emotion. This is, like, really good. Also, this guy that plays Young Joe, I like a lot. Yeah. Like, he he gets, like, the cadence of Joe's voice down pretty well, which is fun.
1: Yeah.
3: In the next, like, sequence or so, we will meet young Ian Bancroft, who is there to recruit him into a watcher. It's like, oh, I could watch a show that's, like, young Joe and Ian out there getting into mischief. Yeah. We cut a little bit later. There's a cool shot of the fan. Did you see the the fan
2: shot? It's like an apocalypse now reference, which is mm-hmm. cool. Anyway, um Joe's lying in bed and he's got a gun. So this is this is like really heavy shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, Joe is like contemplating killing out. himself.
3: They think he's nuts because he won't acknowledge that it wasn't Cord. Right. Like, he refuses to back off of that. And he's going to ace himself.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then so this guy comes in, and it's Ian Bancroft. And he explains to him what he saw, and he shows him his watcher tattoo. Yeah, and this is awesome.
1: Yeah, this is
2: cool. I really wish Ian was alive. <laughs> I know. Because like, they killed Ian's him off.
1: the one that gets super hit by that car that amazing right? car crash <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is,
2: by what's her name that's, by lady that, watcher yeah. yeah that is lady o- watcher was
1: almost worth it
3: oh wasn't that the movie that uh she won an academy award for best actress lady watcher lady
2: watcher <laughs> <laughs> So we cut back to the present in Joe's bar, and Joe's explaining that if it wasn't for Cord, he would not be a watcher. And Mac makes kind of a little joke. He's like, oh, it's funny you know, like, everything about me, and I don't know anything about you. It's like, oh, you haven't asked. You haven't So he wants to talk to Cord for Charlie's sake, and Joe is looking worried. And then we cut to this
3: location.
1: This is amazing.
3: So, Yes, 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 go on.
1: Cord is playing paintball with people? Like a real neckbeard. beard. Yeah. <laughs> and he is fucking annihilating them and like he's also like is this the movie equilibrium <laughs> yeah. or like john wick or some shit he's like leaping around
3: doing like this gun kata with paintball and like a bunch of nerds yeah. uh, and confederate flags and yeah it's where, like a capture
2: the flag game oh, that's and it it's a confederate yeah. flag i'm like what is
1: this like, ugh, like so i do like when he grabs the confederate flag and like tosses it away throws <laughs> it away yeah it's good it's awesome Way to go, um, guy.
3: You're trying to undo our history, man.
2: So Joe's there. He can't believe Cord is still into and, like all this yeah. war and He's Cord, like, it's, it's all he wins, He's man. like, yeah! Like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's awesome. This guy is so amped up.
1: So Joe's trying to needle him into meeting McCloud. Cord is like questioning. He's like, how well do you even know
2: this guy? Like, Because Joe says that Mac knows like, they know the shooter. And he's like, this is some, like, odd company. That's why he's, like, skeptical of this whole thing. He's like, well, this guy keeps some weird friends. Like, I don't I don't trust this whole situation.
3: Says the arms dealer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So eventually Says he the agrees. merchant of death. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Court agrees to meet.
2: We cut to Joe's bar. Joe's playing the blues, which is awesome. And Duncan is just kind of, like, sitting there listening along, which yeah. is good. And we find out how long Joe's been playing since he was a kid. It's a little heartbreaking because he's like, I have more time after Vietnam. It's like, fuck. Uh, So Joe's starting to get concerned. He's worried that he didn't set this meeting up on holy ground. He thinks this could be a mistake. But then, I think I literally was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Charlie (laughs) Charlie walks in. It's like,
3: oh, no. Also, you didn't lock the fucking door or some shit? Yeah. Why aren't patrons just walking in? It's a bar. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Just lock the door, baby. If the lights are off, why would you think to come in, Charlie? I don't know. I'm confused by the What, that. I'm not welcome here? Right. I
2: feel so bad for Charlie in this episode. Yeah. He just gets fucking especially at the, the end, end. I feel a little bad
3: for him. <laughs> Yeah, you feel bad for him at the end? I don't know. Do we want to? We shouldn't spoil it No, now. don't spoil the end. So,
1: like, they're both like, uh, ah, Charlie, th- th- now's not a good time. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk another time. And <laughs> Joe's like, if you come back later, we'll talk about whatever you want. He's, like, bribing him. It's like, yeah, do your homework, and then later you'll get a treat. <laughs> but then we get the buzz, and Max like, it's too
2: late. And there's Cord in the doorway. And Charlie, like, instantly, like, pulls out a knife. He's like, fuck! Yeah. And he charges Cord. Max stops him. And this is intense. Like and Mac he
1: disarms the- Charlie.
2: Right. And someone and- has like a knife to his kn- <laughs> He takes him outside. So can we talk a little about this? Sure. So Cord and Charlie come in that front door. <laughs> but Mac takes him the opposite direction out another
3: door. Does he? I thought the camera just switched and then they go out the same door. There are definitely two entrances here. Where well, he certainly doesn't go up the stairs to get him out the... Not yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so... We definitely have, there's like a, oh, 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 I should have gotten a screen grab of this. So Mac holds, screen grab. Mac holds the knife to Charlie's neck, which is like really well, it's intense. It's the
3: same entrance we've always seen there in front well, of the a lot, Joe yeah. sign.
2: Well, like, like, no, no, I think there's two Joe signs. I think, I think there's three. Jo-
3: I think there's three Joe signs. All right, you've, already, you've lost all credibility. <laughs> no, 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 I haven't. You lost. all put, credibility I will put in the now. DVD. We can
2: watch it. Look. I will put in the DVD. You've lost
3: all credibility. <laughs> Don't make me the pull, the pull the car Joe over. I will pull the car over. I
2: will pull this podcast over
3: and make you watch this DVD. You had me doubting myself until right now. You <laughs> blew it. What, you if, had, you're you what had, if you're wrong? You <laughs> what if you're wrong? You had a plan. What if
2: you're wrong? Do you
3: really want to take that chance?
2: <laughs> you had a hand and you overplayed it. No. All right. This is what happened. So. I think there are minimum (laughs) three signs that say Joe's. They could be the same. Where? One's on the highway. Six (laughs) blocks away. There's the door that Cord and Charlie come in. (laughs) So there's the entrance we ever actually see. There's that entrance. It's a double door. No, the other one actually might be a single door. Then Mac definitely takes Charlie out the opposite direction. So there's a back door. When he holds the knife to his neck, there is literally a sign next to Charlie that says maintenance entrance. Use front door.
3: Okay. And I'm
2: like, ah, oh. so we've now confirmed that this is the back door, like the loading dock door, which we've definitely seen many times. Like in the episode Blackmail, that's where they have that like karate fight with like the big blonde dude. Do you remember that? There's like a van. <laughs> There's like a van. You remember with the that? baseball bat? Yeah, with the baseball bat. Exactly. Anyway, definitely two entrances right now. We have a front door and a back door. 100%. We can go to the DVD. We can settle this later. We can leg wrestle, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want to do. But we're going to talk about this more, I
1: swear to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You're a pale Christ.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So where is the third entrance? The same one that you gained
1: no
2: new evidence We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. Sure. Will I convince you if we do watch the DVD later? That there's a door upstairs? Yeah. Or even this door. Do you believe me on this one? Maybe. I Maybe. No, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> okay. No, this is garbage. <laughs> okay. So, Charlie's like now pissed at Mac. He's like, what are you doing hanging out with a guy like Court? Like, how do you know this guy? Like, yeah. Charlie's feeling all sorts of betrayed. Which, Which makes should.
1: sense. Yeah. Uh, and Mac basically is like, just give me some time to right. sort this out. Which, what's there, to, what's there to be sorted out?
3: Yeah, he doesn't explain
1: enough to Charlie to, like, sort what out? Like,
3: sort him into a grave? Yeah. <laughs> like, put him from the Alive column? into the dead column.
2: Yeah, also, like, explaining to... I mean, I guess maybe it's the age problem, right? Is that, like, how can he explain that Cord served with Joe in Vietnam without explaining that he's immortal, right? Because he's not he old enough, yeah. right? Because otherwise, I would just tell him, or I guess he could lie and say, like, look, Joe and Cord are friends about something else.
1: Why is it so important that Charlie be kept in the dark? They keep keeping him in the dark throughout all of this, and it's yeah. like, if and anybody it, should know, it, literally it should
3: be, kills him. He's taking bullets for Mac. Yeah. Charlie is so betrayed. Oh, yeah. Like, Charlie, man, just gets the short end of the cosmic stick. Yeah. Which is also what Duncan calls his ween. (laughs) The cosmic stick.
1: Why don't you uh, lower yourself under my cosmic stick, Mr. Bodison? So Charlie, like, storms away. And Cord I guess, has just left this meeting.
2: Yeah, like, it's weird. Like, they just never met after this. Like, everyone just went their separate ways. Because then
3: we cut, like, we don't even go back inside. No. Yeah. So we're back. At the the paintball paintball. course, what
1: is a paintball? What do you call it? I would say course. A course. uh, uh,
3: I'd say course. Paintball course. I don't know.
1: Arena. 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 Range. This is all a range. Court does with his free time apparently. He's just a. Big paintball fiend. Yeah. So he's out there and he's like, come on,
3: come on. It's intense. It's intense. And then we get more POV stuff from a guy who Court shoots in the face after he gives up. Yeah. There's two guys that give up and he shoots him anyway. Yeah. Like he's, he's
2: like, like whoops. <laughs> so Joe once again visits Court at the paintball range. And Gotta get Joe in there. That's Suit right. Suit him up.
1: His cane turns into a paintball gun.
2: <laughs> Pump action cane. Yeah. Cord's yelling at Joe, and he's like, "I want to meet this McLeod guy again, but like, not at your place." And he's like,
1: "Why?"
2: And it's he's like, "Well, you know the game. Like, we're after each other no matter what. We so. don't need a reason. Yeah. Like, this is just what we're gonna do." And he's like, "I owe you life." He's like, "Damn straight, you do. I owned your ass." But there's a. Gra- I like this bit of writing here. I own your ass, and Joe says, "I owe you my life." not Not his his, which is good anyway i think this like i do not like this scene like i find this just like this spirals out of control yeah and like right away
3: i feel like Any loyalty Joe has to this guy should be extinguished by now. Like, I get that he's indebted to him, but he's already found out a whole lot about his misdeeds. And he should have no problem believing them after these interactions with
2: him. Once again, this guy's just, like, too evil. I mean, I guess it makes sense knowing how, like, off the rails this guy is that he, like, now just wants to fight Mac. But, like, I'd rather there be a better reason that, like... He's just like, nah, fuck him. I'll fight him now.
3: Yeah, I feel like there's more cohesive ways for them to be on a collision course than this. And also, I just think
2: that maybe Cord should just not demand to want to fight Mac. Cord is still maybe after Charlie. Like it just it doesn't come to a head because Cord wants it to. It comes to a head because at the end, Cord kills Charlie, and Mac is like, now you're done. Yeah, there doesn't even need to be this like challenge component to it. It's just that like
3: he says, like let Charlie go, and he says. No. Yeah. In case you missed it, he shot me at an airport.
2: Anyway, we cut to the loft, and Mac is fiddling around with the clock. (laughs) Yeah. More
1: fiddling.
3: (laughs) Oh, it's good to know that Mac also repairs his antiques.
1: That's true. It probably, he exploded it in his apartment quickening. Yeah, that's He's right. still cleaning up. He's still up cleaning up from, up. That. Cleaning up yeah. from that. So, Amen. what is Joe here to do? Joe wants Mac to leave town for a few days so that he and Cord won't fight and Joe can patch this up or smooth it over or whatever that means.
2: Yeah, and Mac is like, that's not the way it works, Joe, and I'm just like, what like leave like? He what he if- says
3: that's not the way it works for me. Yeah, right. for me. Like he's like I don't like I don't leave. Like if this guy wants to fight me, I'm not going anywhere. But I, I don't know. I feel like this is weird. I don't know. Like I don't think it's weird. He's just saying no. He's like, like Joe's asking for a favor, and he's saying. No, I guess my, yeah, I yeah. get
2: what he's doing, but like, I just don't understand. Like, Joe's your friend. Joe's trying to make this right. Like, hey, like, help your buddy out and do the favor for. Like, why doesn't he want to do this favor for Joe? Like, what's the reason he's saying no? Well, I think one, he, I think he thinks Cord's a scumbag. So do you think he secretly wants to fight him but won't outwardly say it? So he's saying yeah, well, if like Cord wants to fight me, I guess I'll fight him
3: because yeah, I do want to fight him. Yeah, he's like he's not going after cord for joe's benefit but he's like not gonna take that extra step of like fleeing from cord right if cord wants a fight mac is more than happy to take him off the board he's just not gonna seek it out you know what i mean mm. yeah because just... cord's a piece of shit and, oh like, yeah mac already knows this like he doesn't need to be educated on this subject
1: maybe he just yeah, doesn't want to leave his house he's
3: Lazy. and, and also yeah. we... <laughs> i got
1: clocks to fix yeah
3: also we just saw the scene in homeland where it's like if somebody calls you out you answer it like right. that is what you do like McClouds don't walk away when somebody calls them out. Like, we just... No,
2: but I don't... Is, was that the point of that scene? I think the idea was that Mac should have walked away in in Homeland. Like, his father made him fight. And like his mother said, was that for honor or was it for pride? And like, Mac killed Robert for the wrong reason. That was just to satisfy his father's pride. Because it's like, oh, a challenge has been made. Like, Mac didn't need to fight that guy. He knew that. But his I mean, his I'm daddy saying, made
3: him. I'm not saying it's a morally perfect thing to do. But I'm saying it is the motivation... And the teaching and moral training that we have just witnessed this character receiving. He
2: inhabits- again. I'm still not sure because like I don't know if that's. Th- I think that's the incident that happened, but I don't know if that's the lesson Mac took away. Like I know his. That- I mean,
3: look at every other instance of young Mac, especially young Mac. He's constantly doing that. I'm Duncan MacLeod, and I fight when I'm challenged. Sure. This, this, like, but uh, older Mac doesn't do that though. I mean, he tries not to. Like he'll. He tries not to, but if someone challenges him, he doesn't run. He never runs from anyone. He says, like, are you sure you want to do this? You don't have to do this. But he's not going anywhere. He's not fleeing a fight with anyone. We literally see him do that zero times. Mm. It's always like, I'm here. This is unnecessary. We can go. We can live in peace. We can go our
1: separate ways, but I'm here. The only time he does it is with Hyde. He's hiding from Hyde.
3: Oh, when he's really young. Because well, you know that's why they got- called that character Hyde. It's <laughs> yeah. because oh, he was hiding. a hunter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That was because he didn't want to fight him because of Richie. Because he wanted to exonerate Richie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the only time.
2: So Matt gets the buzz. Who is it? It's Richie. Uh Wait, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, we still haven't talked about that. Two Richie-less episodes. Really.
1: <laughs> Richie-less. <laughs> Richie-less.
3: Yeah. And he's uh, back in Vancouver now, so, like, presumably where Richie is.
1: So, anyway, it's maybe we'll find out what happened to Richie next episode. That the episode is Richie-less. Rich is more, but this is Richie-less. Mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a that was a weird bit of wordplay yeah. there. Yep. Anyway,
2: so Mac goes downstairs. It's Cord, of course. It's Cord. And so... They're going to have it out in the dojo. And at this point, Court does reveal that he was flushing Charlie out the whole time because he needs to get Charlie. So he doesn't blab about him being a shitty arms dealer. Right?
1: Right. So he has a cool fighting stance.
2: Totally. Again, Everything this guy, about
3: this guy, he's got like a
2: saber fencing. Yeah. Style, this guy so. acts for TV. Like he's performing Shakespeare in
1: like an arena,
2: like that his, <laughs> mo- his movements need to be so big yeah. that the people in like the nosebleed, nosebleed section yeah. know exactly what he's doing.
1: Yeah. This is like a really good fight. This is
3: great. It has, like, a lot of rhythm to it, which is cool. And it travels all over the dojo. They're incorporating pieces from the dojo into the fight. So there's this whole sequence where they're, like, trying to stab each other through. I have no idea what this piece of equipment is for. It's, like, these, like, wooden racks that I assume you're supposed to climb or something. It's a sock. It dries socks. It dries socks on it. Yeah, Uh, The
1: the sock dryer.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and they're, like, fighting through that, and they're throwing it at each other, and they yeah. climb up the steps, and he leaps off that balcony there on the way to the showers. So Mac is able to best him, gets his sword to his throat, and he's like, Joe Dawson, just
2: saved your life. So he lets this guy go. Yeah, so, like, but
3: you have to let Charlie go. Right. That's the condition of his release. Yeah. He's on probation. So Mac's
2: handling this, I think, pretty well. Sure. Like, you had your chance. Now the beef is over. Um, it doesn't now work out, though.
1: The beef is over. That's yeah. right. Joe Beef. Joe Beef.
2: <laughs> I was also getting curious, like, what happened after this fight? Like, does Mag not go and talk to Joe about all the shit that's just Wait, happened? Joe, Joe
3: has to leave by the elevator, right? He has to go past them.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Joe takes the elevator, not the stairs, right? <laughs> uh, no,
3: Joe actually takes that fire escape. The fire escape yeah. the on roof, the roof. Then yeah. comes all the way down.
1: Maybe Duncan went out to buy some Cookie Town. <laughs> some Cookie, cookie
3: town. Towns. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I listen to all these
3: podcasts like all the time and I'm just like getting all this free content and like I'm loving
1: it. But, like, I don't know how I could support them. If only they offered some type of product that they made that helps out the podcast and shows your love of the show.
2: One of my favorite podcasts, Highlander Rewatched. Oh, why do you like that?
1: Uh, it talks a lot about, like,
2: one of my favorite shows, Highlander, and is also, like, kind of funny and quirky and has, like, a sweet reverence for the show, which I like a lot, which is kind of cool.
3: That sounds fair.
1: Yeah. Okay. What, fair do, they, what, what, what do, do they, they do,
2: though? though? Well, to raise money for their podcast to help support the amazing content they put out for free every... Every week, they sell an awesome collectible magnet set featuring four of our favorite Highlander characters. Wow. What characters? Well, we've got the star of the show, Duncan. And they also have a modern version of Duncan and a cool Scottish Highlands
3: warrior version of Duncan. Oh, like old school Barbarian Mac? That's right. Ooh, I like that Mac.
2: Uh, They've also got an awesome Amanda
3: magnet. A Joe and
2: a Mythos. Methos. Sets of five magnets. So a set of five magnets for oh. and it's amazing how much they even charge for it. It's only it, $50. it's gotta cost like fifty bucks, right? No, like 10 not even. Magnet? No. You'd think because these magnets are so strong. I think I could fit, I don't know, how many report cards could I put on my fridge with this? I don't know, maybe like five? ten. Five, ten? five. I think well. I could put five, at least five.
1: That's a lot of report cards. It is a lot of report cards. How many child's drawings could these magnets support? I guess it depends on the paper. That's and true. And the
3: size of the drawing. That's There's a lot of variables stock, here. Paper
1: stock, medium
2: they're drawing in. Mm-hmm. Wax is heavy.
1: Wax is heavy. These are all wax drawings. Yeah, wax
2: drawings. Watercolors are, well, that's not really a drawing, I guess you would say. That's a painting. Yeah,
1: that's yeah These a painting.
3: will not hold paintings. Don't even try. No, paintings.
2: get those framed by a professional. Yeah. For your fridge. That's right.
3: For your fridge. I need a real fridge frame. We're going far afield. But how much do these magnets
2: these cost? These magnets we never actually only said. cost $15, that which is, is
1: crazy. That's a deal. What is that, about three bucks a magnet? That's literally exactly three bucks a magnet. What?
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Unbelievable.
1: (laughs) Where can we get these magnets? You
2: can go on Etsy.com and just search for Highlander Rewatch, or you can also go to Facebook.com and find the Highlander Rewatch page and click on our store link right at the top of our page. It says shop now.
3: hey oh. What if I want to shop later? Just wait, and then then (laughs) then shop (laughs) now. All right, that's
2: fair advice. At some point, you you will be shopping now. We're looking at now, sir. Yeah. Now buy
1: them today
0: today
2: so we cut to joe's bar joe's cleaning the bar or whatever he's doing and charlie comes in and joe offers him a drink he's like i think we got to talk and charlie's like not really having it So like i thought you were a stand-up guy joe again hanging out with this court like why you got history But this he's like sleaze bucket he's like he's my friend he's like that's all there is to it and he's ready to blow so joe says like when you were dug in like in a hooch up to your ass in swamp water just praying to god the choppers come because otherwise, they're going to send you home in a body bag. Somebody covers for you, and he's your brother. And no matter who he is, that's forever. Charlie gets that. Again, as like a SEAL, like he understands this idea, like coming from the military, that your brother's in arms, dare I say? Wait, That's, that's, what that's the title the name of the is.
3: episode.
2: <laughs> I honestly, up until this point, I thought it was because all of these characters had arms.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. So like it's a brotherhood of people with arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We're like that. You yeah, can we say that we're arms. brothers. We're brothers. That's we're a why band
2: this... of brothers with arms. That's right. That's why this episode's not called Brothers in Legs, because <laughs> Joe would be left out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Joe's like, please leave him That's alone. All That's arm, all I'm right? asking yeah. you to do. Yeah. And he's like, he's going to kill you. And Charlie like, doesn't believe it. He's like, everybody keeps telling me that. Why does no
3: one fucking tell him why they can't kill him? I know. So she, after It's she... now a matter of life and death. Like, it, it, he will die. He's already shot him. Like, the cat's out of the bag that something happened. Right. Now he's just confused and is about to throw his life away. It's fucked up. So the way he says, they handle this very poorly. <laughs> they Yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. that's an also, understatement. Also, especially since the entire working theory in this episode is that because Joe realized, discovered on his own about the existence of an immortal, a watcher would come to him and explain to him what was going on and gave him an opportunity.
2: Yeah, changed his life.
3: This seems like the moment when Joe does that for Charlie, or at least tries it, like explains it. Yeah,
2: so weird. Like, Joe is about to kill himself just the way Charlie's about About to to die. Yeah, he's 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 going to kill himself, and this revelation saves his life, and they choose not to let that revelation
3: save Charlie's life. It's odd. It's a weird choice. Dick friends. Yeah, there are dick friends. I I don't know. The decision not to tell him, this is like the fourth time the decision not to tell Charlie about this has almost gotten him killed and it's like fourth time's a charm. You're, You're actually gonna die this time.
1: Yeah. Like they told Anne.
3: Anne had also been shot at yeah. Like Anne was almost and killed. Ann, but also, Anne was out of the woods. Like, Mac could have just never heard from her again. Right. It's that he's convinced to tell her by someone else when she could have just gone on and lived her normal life never knowing this. Why did he tell her again? Because he was convinced that it was the right thing to do by Fitz.
1: Right, because you, when you love somebody, you let them into your life. Doesn't apply to Charlie. I guess Mac doesn't love Charlie. <laughs> it's a bummer. It's a real, like, heteronormative problem. He's yeah. got, like,
3: a hard time expressing his affection for his male friends. It's toxic masculinity (laughs) (laughs) okay so now are we ready to talk about this
2: next scene so charlie goes outside what's the establishing shot we get a shot of an entrance to joe's bar that we've never seen before is it on a roof on a second floor absolutely it is this is the
3: second floor entrance you're gonna have to show me this one bad boy because I Ooh. did not. I thought that they were on the ground floor and then climbed up to the roof. Where did they show you climb? No, no, no. It because literally they show cord going. No. Nah. Like, and then he gets thrown off of a roof. Yeah, he does get thrown off on a roof because it starts on a roof. I'm not sure I buy this, but we'll. What are we we'll, gonna
2: bet? Like, let's let's make
3: this a game for the podcast. Twenty dollars.
2: No, I don't, not Not real money. It's oh, like I'm podcast. Sorry. I'm sorry. podcast I thought, I thought, challenge.
3: I, I I understood that the word bet had an understood meaning. <laughs> But yeah, hey, bet anything. It's true. What are you betting? I don't know. Let's think of something. You're not bed. betting dollars, apparently. No, not dollars. It should be like
2: a podcast challenge. Like You have to do something on the podcast.
1: Uh... Maybe I would
2: be reading this and I'd rather
1: give you $20. <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs>
2: Maybe that's what's about to happen.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
2: So also, let's define this because I don't want you, the blood sucking lawyer here, <laughs> to like weasel <laughs> your way point. out of this. The rules of what we are talking about is the exit that Charlie leaves is absolutely not on the ground level. It is definitely elevated. That's what's on the table right
3: now.
1: On the table. I don't know, Keith. Now I, I, Kyle looks scared. Well, off. I'm
3: just confu- I'm No, I'm just confused by what that means in the context of this bet.
2: I'm just trying to make sure you don't try to figure out some way to say like, oh, it doesn't count. That's not what I thought we were talking about.
3: <laughs> there's a reasonable chance I will say that because there's a good chance you're wrong, but. <laughs> Like, it's equally likely that you'd be like, oh, so I thought that's what I meant. I mean, like, I didn't say <laughs> there was an entrance. But what I meant was there's just, like, a place that he exits that gives him access to a roof. You see?
2: I will even say there's a picture of Joe. Like, There's a Joe sign here.
1: There is a Joe sign that I don't remember seeing. The, all the roof stuff, though, I am... Leaning, what do you think of this, listeners? One way or I mean, other.
3: I'm still willing to bet you twenty dollars. So. All right, let's do twenty dollars. Let's Fine, do twenty dollars. Do
2: it. I'm not involved in this. <laughs> I'm not
3: involved in this.
2: Done and done. All right. Am I putting in the DVD to see this thing?
3: Not are right Doing it me. now. or doing it later.
2: No, we got to sell this right now. Oh, All right. right. The suspense. Now. Come on, man. All right. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna cut, guys. We're gonna watch this scene and then. All here right. We go. All right. Here we go. We'll be right back, everybody. <laughs> All right, we're back, everybody. We've decided we're just going to do this live. So before we do this, too, I also, I checked the tape. Prior to the right now? No, no, I checked be- regarding the previous scene where we were curious about, like, Mac, when he has the knife to Charlie's neck. I said he goes out a different door than the one cord comes in. I was wrong about that. Uh, okay, so you're but, starting from a position no, no, no. of strength here. <laughs> no, is- no, but... Regardless, so that is the you know, normal loading dock entrance that we've seen a bunch of times. It does not change the fact that the sign on the wall
3: says, like, loading dock, please use front entrance. So the sign confirms... Is that, is that sign from Joe's, or is that from another business using that loading dock? Like, why does a bar have a loading dock? Oh, lots He's... of bars have loading docks. Do they? Yeah, they ought to load the booze and stuff. You get, like, keg deliveries? Sure. I'm, like, a lot of times they will have, like, basement entrances and stuff like that. That's, like, in the city more... Anyway,
2: let's watch this. Anyway, anyway, the point is, is, and that's definitely Joe's loading dock. The Joe's sign is right next to the please use front entrance. So we still got two entrances here. Now we're about to play and see the second floor entrance to Joe's. Joe's. Joe's sign.
3: Everybody comes to Joe's. Not on a roof. Very much so on a ground floor because that's a car. Very much. What? Look at that. No, no, no. It no. Popping up. No, no, look.
2: Okay. Charlie.
3: You've literally proved nothing. They're on the street no, look, now. No, look,
2: look, look, look. No, they're not on the street. Here, pause. Look at where the street lamps are. They are at a higher level, like a parking garage.
3: Or it's a fucking split-level thing. That is a street over with a downward gradient. That's wait, not no, no, the no, same wait, no, 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 as Joe's. No, go, wait, say that again? All right. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the world has three dimensions, Keith. Work with me. Don't here. be condescending. Okay. Oh, block one, where Joe's is, is at height five. We'll call it five height units. Okay. The next block over is downwardly sloped. So it's at height two. That is the next block over street light. No, but then that would, that would grade. That
2: would also posit that
3: you could then also get to Joe's from that one block over. Not necessarily. Why, why is that a necessary Im- inference from that let's draw well, this we, let's draw this literally two <laughs> seconds ago we saw them exit at a level where there was a car parked, like a parking garage would have that, but no, like look, hold on let's go back you, you, if this is like all I'm saying is right now you're not going to get more insight than you've already gotten, and I am thoroughly unpersuaded by what you've just said. This is not evidence of the of what you described. Sure it is that this is a sec this is an elevated
2: entrance. This is definitely not ground floor
3: there's cars. There are cars. Like a
2: parking garage. Our parking garage. How many levels so are your in a parking? The idea is
3: that there is a loading dock on like the no,
2: third no. floor this of a parking garage. I didn't, this is not a loading dock. The loading dock is on the ground floor. The the shot there shows that it's the same dot like no, entrance we've been seeing. No, that's an L shape, and the Joe sign's in a different position. We can also go back and see that if you'd like. You haven't proved a goddamn
3: thing. Do you want to see the other? This is such way? a horrifying waste of. Time. <laughs>
2: watchers we are back after a maybe three hour break
3: things got a little heated in the studio and we had to cut that segment short inquiring minds want to know but the debate was inconclusive inconclusive
1: <laughs> inconclusive yeah uh, For your eyes only
3: but Things get, eyes only. things get raw. Things get raw.
2: Things get real in the studio. And uh,
1: we're just going to move oh. on. Oh, yeah. raw. Eamon's favorite raw. way to bone. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> I have All right. the herpes to prove it. That's right.
2: <laughs> All right. So, right now, Charlie is outside. And Cord is just hanging outside, waiting for him. He's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, bro. Like, yeah, let's go, let's and go. Like, well, I'm gonna tempt you up
1: to this roof. Just you and climb me. Some yeah. Just you and me. And like, and Charlie's like almost seems excited.
2: Like, <laughs> oh, t- Charlie looks. He's like, oh, now it's time. We're gonna well, like, fucking fight. Well, it's like you want
3: this, I want this. Let's make it happen, baby. Well, Cord is like Charlie comes out to play.
1: Like he literally says, <laughs>
3: "Yeah, and they are in fact warriors.
1: That's true. That is true." They go onto the roof. We're going to have us in a good old fashioned knife
2: fight. Right. This is like West Side Story. That's yeah, this right. is some
1: West Side Story it's shit. It is
2: awesome. I have in my notes check out all these fancy moves. Yeah. <laughs> it is, I mean, this is nothing if not
3: fancy. We've never seen like a knife fight. Like, it's very fast and like. Which makes a lot of sense because why would a immortal, like, why would there be a fight between immortals with knives? Right. Sure. He's not fighting McLeod with a knife. Like, right. he would only ever bring, like, a knife as a secondary thing. It's cool. I have a weird side note about Highlander 3. I don't know if we ever talked about this. This
2: is my notes. About, about that- the, the knife fight that we envisioned in A Fever Dream. <laughs> no, 3. like, the weird gang scene in the alley in Highlander mm-hmm. 3. Oh, yeah, there's a knife involved. Like, because... We- In the original script, it was like, oh, like, these guys pull a knife, and Mac gets, like, a pipe and just stares him down because he's really hard, and they just get scared. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time watching that scene and being like, oh, they're going to do a Crocodile Dundee joke here. Right. Which, to me, seems completely— Oh, that would have been funny. Yeah, which completely makes sense. It's like, oh, these guys pull a knife. Like, oh, like, we're sticking you up. And Mac pulls out a katana, and it's like, oh, this is a knife. And it's like, it would be lame because it would be just ripping off Crocodile Dundee. The D, the D, D, but at least it's like something, something. I don't know. So anyway, weird.
1: Not our hero being murdered.
2: Yeah, weird Highlander three. Side note. So anyway, there's all this cool knife fighting, and Charlie gets
3: stabbed. Yeah, and then Cord. It's, it's like kind of awesome because Cord, of course, just has the the swagger of a man who knows that he can't die in a knife fight. Right. He's got the gun at the knife fight, like the ultimate gun. And the way he like
1: dodges the knife throws are awesome he's like a slippery snake
3: and like charlie's a badass but like it doesn't matter and at some point he like kind of has charlie in an arm lock and then just stabs him and it's like yeah yeah it Also, sucks. they have a weird exchange it actually was your intro the kiss my black ass yeah was like a thing like he's like i hate to kill you charlie because you're a brother right and i was like huh you do? You didn't hate to sell him, <laughs> like, all these faulty AK-47s or whatever
1: Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> he's a brother, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a little weird. Cord just, like, kicks him off the roof or
3: throws him off the roof. He, like,
1: yeah... Kills him and then throws him off the roof.
3: Also, there's something so intimate about this. I, like my notes just say, "Are they gonna bang?" <laughs> like I don't know. Like there's something like I think and, part of it is just Cord's performance. Yeah, he's like so like he always is moving. It's like a full body thing. There's like something very like seductive about everything he does. And Charlie, of course, has like we've made similar jokes about that between him and Mac. So there's a chemistry there between these guys. And he literally enters
1: him. With the tip of a knife.
2: Yes. <laughs> we cut. Mac shows up at Joe's, and yeah. he's like, hey, like, where's Charlie or whatever? And Mac ends up going outside and seeing Charlie's like curled up body in the Just alley. In an
1: alley. Uh, this is
3: fucked up. <laughs> he he, off, he also off, he's like, looks like that hurt. It's like, oh my god. Yeah.
2: So yeah, Charlie is dying. Yeah. And then Mac drops like a mind fuck on him. Like, finally, let's tell Charlie about. This shit.
3: Yeah. Which he reminds me of a line that I'd completely forgotten from what's the episode with where Horton comes back counterfeit. Oh, Unholy
2: Holy Alliance. Oh, it's on
3: Holy Alliance. Yeah. yeah. When Charlie is like gonna die, and he's like, I want to know. Like, tell me before I die.
2: Yeah. He's like, I promise. And, uh. and
3: then he does, and it's like, boy, if you had told him this twenty-four hours ago, I know he right? would not have tried to stab him. Yep.
2: It's a uh, real fucked up.
3: Questionable decision making.
2: I like. The way Charlie died. I mean, like, I think this is played well. I think. And you get good performances out of both of these Yeah, actors I don't think it. this is yeah. overly cheesy or anything like that.
3: No, it isn't. But I, Max sees Charlie's body and cuddles the shit out of it. He does. Yeah. Uh,
2: but then we get, like, a Char- Charlie montage.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm anti montage in this kind of situation anyway, but I don't feel like the clips were well chosen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know did anyone else get that? Sense. I mean, I don't
2: know if there are good clips though. Like, what is like Charlie's function in the show is like I don't know,
3: always arguing about like what do you mean Mac? Like they've got you're hiding something from me. Like they've got a bit of a bromance though. Like they didn't show like a bunch of clips of them being friends, right? Like they just show
2: like the bad things happen to people that get too close to me, which is is, like as you said, Kyle, a bad threat, like a veiled threat. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's like what is it? Is true. Not, and and like Charlie
2: see. in the hospital, the first time he took bullets from Mac.
3: Yeah. Yeah, which also, that was a good clip to include in as far as you know, because I had legit forgotten about that line. Like, I did not remember that he said that. Yeah. But like a yeah. lot of the other ones, yeah, it's like, are you close? Even though, like, they had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a good clip from the fighter when they're palling around or something.
2: Mac kind of has a badass line here because, like, he's like, oh, like, I never could have killed him. And Mac's like, he couldn't have, but I can. I'm like, yeah, go get him. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: Also, Charlie does kendo. He's so good at kendo, he brought a sword to the Balkans. Right. So, like, he I'm not have, saying that maybe. I think he could have killed him yeah. necessarily, but, like, he's obviously not going to do it with a knife. Right. So, Charles dies... Charles dies. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's wait, he's Charles. Uh, that I know, he's like, hey, Chuck, see you on the other
2: side. Charles DeSalvo dies. <laughs> we cut back into the bar and Mac flips out.
1: Yeah, he like barges in and just slams his fist on the table. Knocking over Joe's beer, which also yeah. Joe's drinking alone. <laughs> yeah, he is. i drink alone. Sad, but does he know what's happening? Or is he just sad
3: i don't think joe knows that a fight has happened outside what's the eta on this was it like this is it that like charlie had just left joe decided to chase that shot he took with a beer yeah i guess so is that like
2: that makes sense i guess yeah but. and the bar's not open still because joe's drinking during the yeah. day like <laughs> drinking on the job
3: yeah mm. hmm
2: so max like i'm gonna end this where the fuck is cord andy <laughs> Andy. Andy. We've not mentioned his first name. Andy Andy Cord. Andy Cord. Andy Cord. Cord. He spells it with an I, though. (laughs) And there's a heart as the dot. So, Joe lets Mac know that he's at his favorite place, the Paintball Range. Paintball Range. range. They got
3: a lot of fucking violence
2: out of this So, now we cut for the climax of the episode to the Paintball
3: Range. All I'm saying is, when he arrives, I was like, he's really going to be here? Really? And then Cord says the following I scouted this place for us. He says he reconnoitered. Rec- I'm not even going to try to say it. Reconnoitered? Re- yeah, re- reconnoitered re- no- this Nailed place. No- I can't believe I didn't write the word reconnoitered. I, I that's a that is I was a, like, oh shit. That, that, is, a, well, he's a military, that is a memorable man. line I to include. Like, that's like not quite vicissitudes, <laughs> but it's close Like <laughs> in terms of people don't talk that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's also, a military man. This fight yeah. is like 30 seconds long. This is, like, a minute-long fight. It's not a
2: very long fight. It's so short.
3: And also, you didn't scout this location. You didn't reconnoiter this location. Because nothing about this location is meaningful to this fight. Well,
2: they don't do anything in the location. Like, there's no, like, trap set. There's no, like, interesting, like, hiding places. Like, they move from this paintball course to an open warehouse. Open
1: area. Right.
3: Because,
2: because it's a the place one. they could blow up later. That's why they're there. Yeah,
3: yeah, which he's the one who ran to. I don't know. I just don't know why that line was included, because it makes no sense. Yeah. It makes negative sense. I guess they wanted
2: to explain, like I said, what, are they really having the final fight in a paintball course? I guess maybe the writers thought, this is insane. <laughs> like, yeah. Who would pick this place? And said so right. they maybe wanted to give some meaning to it. Can we talk about the way Cord runs to this empty warehouse?
3: Dragging his sword
2: He drags his sword and he also like slinks like he's like crouched down he's and he's doing these man. enormous snaps, steps. Like he is lunging towards this empty warehouse. It's amazing.
3: Yeah, everything about this is like, I can't explain it. It's also like kind of stupid but it's amazing. Like it's just great. I don't know how to explain it. Like this guy sells the shit out of it. Like I bet 80% of people they could have cast this would look dumb. He just makes it work in a way that I'm like, this is awesome. He... He's one of a kind. If we had the Norse, imagine the Norse guy from Homeland, Ganwolf. Imagine that guy playing this part. What would that look like? It would suck. It would also be really weird when he called Charlie a brother. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to kill you, a black ass.
2: (laughs) So Uh, then we get a quickening. Uh, The quickening's kind of, I mean, like it's nothing crazy
3: special. Is there anything memorable in this part of the fight? Like the dojo fight no, the Jojo fight is more interesting. And, like, so far ahead of this in my mind. Like well, he throws a dummy at Mac. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, other than I that, guess. like, I don't know. There's some kicks. There's yeah. some cool kicks where they, like, both, like, do these back kicks kicks on each other yeah. i don't think this is a bad fight like
2: every once in a while you see a, an actor that's like oh clearly they're not that experienced like this seems very competent like this guy is very physical it's a fast fight mm-hmm. it's a big fight but no there's not necessarily like anything beyond that that's like a memorable thing like this is not the most memorable location right and the fight's short, it's short. like
3: it's much shorter than the dojo fight so it's yeah. just like it's an odd climax i guess yeah and there also isn't a lot of talking yeah like this felt like thing. something that should have been like a return of the jedi kind of, like... They should be arguing and... The level of, like, intensity Mac brought to that Joe interaction was, like, like intense punching the like, table and, like, and like, like... Pushed me back. Like, if that energy was carried over into this, that, I think, could have really... Yeah, I mean, this guy just killed been, his bra, so... Yeah, like, right. could really... He should really... Been, he should really yeah, care about this. Yeah, and it just kind of is fast and like doesn't have like that
1: like emotional like punch in the gut. Mm. And he kind of makes a joke when he cuts his head off.
2: He does the old like like he doesn't like chop his head off. He does like the like I lunge a little forward with yeah. the, the sword. It was
3: like kind of like the way he killed carrot. Yeah. Yes, yes. I don't know. There's something like very tactile about it. Oh, like man. you can almost feel the friction,
2: which is cool. The coolest thing about this quickening is that like they blow up the wall. Yeah, which that, is neat. That like cool. that. There's yeah. at least some like literal destruction happening not just like sparks and stuff right like i think that's kind of cool because it's all black behind him because there's a wall but by the end when they blow it all out like there's all this light behind him. like the scenery almost changes because of the quickening which is yeah. neat so that's that and so then the Denuma back in
1: the dojo mac is staring out of a window or no i Very guess he's looking pensively. at a picture of charlie yeah and then Joe comes in. It's a Joe shows it's up a like boudoir in a suit. Shot. Yeah. yeah, Joe
2: shows up mm-hmm. in like a suit. So I, I assume he's coming from like a funeral.
1: Charlie's funeral, maybe. Maybe
2: that Mac didn't go. It's not, to? A, it's not
1: a black suit, is it? I, I think it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it, it looks pretty. Yeah.
2: Or I guess it could be Cord's funeral as well, which is the reason why Mac wouldn't go.
1: Yeah, that's actually a better mm-hmm. point. So, so then
3: th- Mac breaks up with Joe again. <laughs> I had problems with this. First off, I will say I think Joe Jim Burns. Great acting here from him. He looks so upset. Like, he looks like he's gonna cry. Max just like, I'm different. Like, I'm an immortal. You're a washer. Never the two shall meet. I don't know. After seeing their bromance in this in Homeland, like, that's hard. I really didn't feel like this was a warranted reaction. It had nothing to do with him being a Watcher. I guess it had something to do with Mac being an immortal. It's just that this guy was Joe's friend. Like, yeah. that could happen to any mortal who he was friends with. Right. I mean, frankly, by Mac is equally at fault for being friends with Charlie. Like, a mortal can make a friend or an enemy out of an immortal. Regardless. Just, like, regardless. Like, is Mac's point just, I shouldn't have connections with people because there's a fraction of a chance that one of them could be immortal and have to cut their heads off like
2: mac's upset because he says he regrets letting joe get between him and cord mac knows what the deal is maybe with the game like cord said like this is what we do and mac maybe is thinking that he'd let joe muddy the waters like i can make this work and honor your friendship both of them are blaming themselves like joe's blaming himself for letting this happen Max blaming himself for, like, letting his feelings about Joe interfere with, like, maybe his
3: normal moral code. I like this dynamic. Like, I like the idea of pressing a, a reset on their relationship. Because I think that's, like, good dramatic territory and gives mm-hmm. the show places to go in the future. Like, I am, in, I am very much in favor of the result. I kind of wish, though, that instead of blaming themselves and doing, like, Mac doing this weird self-defeating thing, they, they did, in fact, blame each other. Yeah, that would be more, like, more tense. Duncan was like, you got between me. I did this thing for you, and it killed my friend. And Joe is just like, I asked you to leave. I yeah. asked you to do this thing, and you didn't fucking do it. You wanted to kill this guy from the beginning, and like now you're being sanctimonious about this whole thing. That is because cool. you could have avoided this conflict, and you chose not to. Yeah, and like let them that is actually- that is way more tension. Yeah, like, let them actually be having a conflict, not the kind of thing that, like, I don't know, the way this is left, like, if that's honestly what their problem is, I I would have no problem believing that in 72 72 hours, they, like, kiss and make up, and they're like, okay, you know, we're just sad because our friends are dead, and, like, this is fine. Like, as opposed to actually having a beef with each other that's, like, sustained and is the result of real character failings on
1: each of their part. That would be better for, for Tension. But here it's just sad. <laughs> it's yeah, a, I mean, very, it, it it's a very sad, sad it's ending. A, it is yeah.
3: a very sad ending. I think part of what makes it land is, again, Jim Burns. He yep. smokes this. Smoking. Smoking. The mask. That's Smoking. Smoking yeah. is so goddamn good. <laughs> that, like, is
2: one of the best pulls ever. So before we finish out our final thoughts on this episode, Amon, let's say we play a game. <laughs>
1: So, we are going to play Watchertube. Uh, so, I have three rounds here. Uh, we are going to try to guess the Highlander episode by some clues I've culled from YouTube on some of these episodes. So, uh,
3: And this is just largely ridiculous comments left mm-hmm. on those by, I guess, Highlander fans, but who knows? Just random assholes, maybe. Are you ready to play? I'm ready.
1: Right. I'm not great at this game, so buckling up here. Is it me? Or did Duncan get bulkier as this season went along? Because is rather thick-looking in his upper body in this episode. Hmm. I feel like that is just enough to go on that there are
3: like some guesses that are more intelligent than others. Yeah. It makes me not want to just throw out a crappy guess because I feel like there are a few ones that might be a reasonable pull. I'm gonna guess "Song of the Ex- Executioner." No, good guess. I am Peace.
2: going to guess. Ah,
3: I can't think of it.
1: I was oh.
2: gonna say the dragon, "Revenge of the
3: Revenge's Dragon." <laughs> Revenge, cool. is uh, revenge is Dragon. A revenge is This is my friend Revenge
1: and his pet dragon. <laughs> How to revenge your dragon? It's not that. It's not okay. like Revenge of the Dragon. <laughs> okay, cool. Round two. The weak Duncan is partially responsible for that girl's demise. Should have either killed the blonde pig or have both of them arrested.
3: Oh, oh. 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 Can I hear that again?
1: The weak Duncan is partially the responsible weak. for that girl's demise. Should have either killed the blonde pig or have them both arrested.
3: Oh, I have a theory on this one, but I can't remember the name of the episode.
1: Ooh. ooh. Eye for an eye? No. That's the weak uh,
2: Duncan. Getting cucked, Duncan. Cucked, Duncan. Get
1: cucked. C- 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 Testimony. No. Fuck. Okay. Round three. This one is actually hard. This is a hard round. I That's fine. It's about, it's, about, it's about to be hard. I used to watch this show as a kid, and the content is cool, but... I'll, only now seeing it, it's pretty dark slash grim. And to be fair, boring. Oh, boy. Whoa, wow. Mac fights an evil immortal in every episode and kills him. Still a great series, though.
2: <laughs> I'm going to guess Warmonger.
1: No. Eh. Uh, I'm going to guess Reasonable Doubt. Yes.
3: Yes. Reasonable Doubt. Wait, who's the blonde? The the prostitute, Maurice's <gasps> niece? Maurice's and what do they niece? call
1: her? The blonde pig. <sighs>
3: Yeah, that's messed up.
1: pretty rough.
2: Yeah. That's real bad. Yikes, internet.
1: So Kyle has a point. Round two.
2: Humanity loses many points. Yeah. All the points.
1: These are from YouTube. I didn't write (laughs) them. Even a good person could go to the dark side. Just ask Darth Vader from Star Wars. (laughs) I'm going to guess Eye of the Beholder. No. But good guess.
3: I'm going to guess The Fighter. No a good guess yes those are two like fallen friend
1: episodes we had a theme developing round two good episode reminds me of myself two weeks ago
2: oh oh, i hate this it's a battle triggered
1: (laughs) it's a battle for your brain and thank god i won otherwise i would lose my brain and it's summed up shadows no fuck And it's summed up right too, being on the edge of a cliff Either you pick yourself up or you fall forever Even tough bastards can be broken up by these things Holy shit Including myself Homeland? Actually, you know what? Uh Uh-oh Uh-oh It is Shadows (laughs) Wait, what? It is Shadows Is it really? But for some reason I wrote the title of the episode as Testimony it's not testimony. So. Wait, what are the, What's the other clue? So the that third, guy, th- that
2: guy's comment is insane. By the way, yep. just the other week when I was lo- when my, I was losing
1: my goddamn mind. The third comment is: Look out! It's a ring race. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> because okay. it's shadows. Here's the uh, bonus. Because remember when Ann looks up his medical history? That's right. No medical history except for it, that time in season one where he was hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point like that's, yeah,
3: yeah they've they not checked his ID yet or entered it in
1: yeah uh, I don't know oh great that or maybe is... the doctor deleted Dr. Pants deleted doctor it. I'd buy that Dr. Pants yeah. wanted to delete any record yeah. that he was there right. that is a good that's a good YouTube comment yeah,
3: every good. once in a while these YouTube comments say something good instead of yeah. horrifying sexism we can give that
2: person an honorary rewatcher badge or something like honorary that honorary yeah, rewatcher
1: done it. badge so Kyle has won the successful not a massage the reward but we're gonna do this last round mm. for fun god paris sucks munich rome vienna milan europe is a big-ass place please why could there not have been different geographical locations it first seems- off this we narrowed is- it down to half of the available yeah. episode yeah.
2: first off this person's an idiot <laughs> second off like them busting on paris this much like oh fucking paris like what are you j- kidding me yeah i, I don't, I
3: don't later this is not an episode we've covered but this has always been in my head like i don't know why it's just like one of those things from like when i was 12 never left my brain at some point he's having like he's like romancing someone and he's like down on paris he's like even the french don't like parisians or something (laughs) like that that's funny yeah it is funny and this woman's like you're so cynical and he's like oh any guesses i mean i'll just throw one out unholy alliance part two no but good Uh, guess i
2: guess unholy alliance part Uh, one
1: neither All right, we've knocked out that <laughs> duo. This is another good c- clue. I would rather Callus killed Maurice. Oh, uh, Starcrust. Yes, Kyle gets uh, three for three.
3: Crushed
2: Trusted.
1: it. What's in the, the old,
3: last clue? Do you Wh- know what's called a hat trick? Because in the old days, when you scored three points, the manager would buy you a hat. Oh
1: wow!
2: Oh really?
3: Is that where <laughs> that comes from? I'm pretty
2: sure. Get a sure hat.
1: They would actually give you a hat. <laughs> Here's the last clue. They killed Fritz, not Fitz. <laughs> Fritz. And let and let <laughs> the Anne cat? live. If he gets back together with her, I'll scream. I enjoyed Fritz as one of the best Highlanders. (laughs) Oh, my God. So congratulations, Kyle. Very good. One of the best Highlanders.
2: (laughs) Fritz Fritz the cat, a
3: Highlander. That's right. What do we think of this bad
1: boy? I liked this episode. It's not perfect, but I, I really enjoyed watching it. I feel about this episode
3: almost the exact same way I feel about Homeland. Like, I feel like this episode should be a five. And it's not. Yeah. But it should be. Like, (laughs) it's got that same component of, like, extreme world building, visiting the origins of characters, emotional conflict. There's a moral
2: question in this, too, which is good. The other... Homeland does not really have a moral question. This one does.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like, this one has got, like, great ingredients and has the opposite syndrome of the other one where it's like what's joe doing and there's a wee like a poor performance from a villain this is like oh joe is critical and amazing villain performance like i don't
1: know this guy just fucking crushes it he does. He's amazing.
2: I have in my notes, like, I, I didn't know what to make of this villain. Like, I'm like, I love this, but, like, is this... <laughs> I'm actually 100%
3: with you. I'm like, I, I'm like is this guy it. so... I still deeply like, confused by it. Like, too
2: crazy. Like, this is the weird... Like, such a strange turn for a villain. Yeah. Because uh, he's so over the top, and I don't know if that makes sense. Like, we've talked about before, like, that he's, like, too evil in the beginning. This guy, he's, like, maniacal. We didn't even talk about, like, when they have that dojo fight, he, like, pounds his own head with the oh, hilt of right. the sword like oh yeah which is, which is such Ooh. a great visual like i'm just like oh shit like this guy is like on edge hardcore like uh he delivers an amazing performance yeah and it's it's the most over-the-top villain we've seen in a while like callus was not even this like theatrical well, i don't callus think
3: may have been like the most grounded villain we've had yeah who's like yeah grounded he's maniacal well once they reined in his robot voice he wasn't like cartoony
2: yeah like this guy has like some slant. the cat quality like it's oh yeah it's like we talked about this with like uh alexi votion with his like dice playing it's like this guy's like like of afx in (laughs) afx it's like this guy's like a paintball fanatic like what like this is so strange like he has these character develop. like Things that are built into his character that are just there. And it's like, all right, I guess. Like, even the way he stands with his sword, not knowing his backstory, I'm like, huh. Like, interesting that he fights this way. Right. What's that about? Like, there's something there. Like, it gives you stuff to, like,
3: Like, imagine. I I started thinking, it's like, oh, like, he's using a saber. Like, that's like an old cavalry thing. Like, was he an old cavalry officer at some point or something? I don't know. Like, he's a soldier. He's an American soldier in the 70s or -hmm. whatever, or the 60s. What was he doing there? I'm pretty right. sure also it's like a rule in Calvary fencing, because again, like, it's assumed you're on a horse. If you're In cavalry fencing, it doesn't kind of a hit, as a hit if you're below the waist, because mm. you're on the horse. <laughs> so what do we think of the moral question?
2: Or first, like, I guess, what do we think the moral question is in this episode? Like, how are you bound to another person that has, like, done something? Like, what do you owe another person for what they've done to
3: you? Is that the moral question? I think there's two. There's, yeah. like, specific to Joe, there's this question of what obligations does he have to this person who saved his life? And like a lesser version of that same question is, what do you ha- like? What loyalty must you have to someone who you're like in the foxhole with?
2: There's another instance of this, which is like loyalty to your own. Like Cord shoots that raped woman, mm-hmm. which is like bad news, but he justifies that as like we protect our own.
3: He's scum, but he's
2: our scum. Like that's another moral yeah. question. It's like it's what's it's your obligation? Like Cord is
3: scum, but he's Joe's scum. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Who right. saved Joe? So there's like questions around that. There's like the questions around like just like the repayment of the debt that Joe owes this guy. And then separately, there's also this like split loyalties question of like what do you do when you have conflicting loyalties between two friends? He's got his loyalty to Joe. He's got his loyalty to Charlie. How does how is Max supposed to juggle these two things? Especially because like I think there's a fair argument in a certain sense that like Charlie is also like a bit in the wrong. Not like in the wrong cosmically, but like he's the aggressor in this circumstance. Like Charlie is on the hunt for this guy. Sure. He's hunting
2: a murderer that like this like Court is is a piece of garbage that only hurts people, it would seem right.
3: That that is just to say that like Charlie is choosing this fight. Hmm? It might maybe perhaps righteously. A question was introduced and I didn't think about this as strongly when I watched it that like Cord is trying to defend his reputation in a certain sense, and I didn't quite key into that when I watched it. But there is a sense, like, Charlie has the ultimate power to de-escalate this conflict.
2: Maybe, but I would also say that Cord intentionally draws Charlie out, so
3: because well, he knows he's hunting him. Like, you no, know I mean? like but
2: but I feel like Cord's endgame is I need to kill Charlie because Charlie knows that I'm a bullshit arms dealer. Right. So he's like because I think doesn't he use the line later, like, why why go hunting for what I can't find when I know they want to find me? Like
3: what it's, Well I think he said like if he finds me, I
2: find him. I find him, him. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like so I mean I think the Cord's endgame is I do want to kill Charlie. It's done under the guise of, like, well, Charlie's trying to kill me. So I don't know if that's, like, entirely true. Yeah, I'm not sure how to, that like, ho- you're how right. to like, it. You're right. Like, Charlie could de-escalate this. But if Charlie de-escalates it, Cord will only escalate it. Like, Cord,
3: that's, w- that's the Cord will come back the other way and try to kill Charlie. Because that's, that's what he that's wants. That's the determinative ingredient that I'm not, like, 100% sure on. Well, I guess the thing I'm unsure of is if Charlie walked away, is this over? No, I think. Okay. And I think there is evidence of that in the episode. But also... I'm unsure. If they had been... Because, of course, that's a, that's what they want him to do. It's like, you cannot kill him, walk away. Like, Joe and Mac initially just want Charlie to let it go. I wish
2: Joe and Cord had another argument in the present. Like, Cord and Joe have an argument in the past. Like, you killed that woman. That's, sh- like... No bueno, That's and they a good point. and they yeah. they like argue about it. It's like no, I was trying to protect this person, blah blah blah. It's like I wish they had a similar argument in the future, like Cord, like you. What did you do? Like you fucked up. Like you're a terrible person. Like I wish they had some sort of ar- argument that mirrored the initial discussion because Joe never seems to
3: defend Charlie's position. Like he he seems to be protecting Cord unduly, but he also doesn't really protect Cord in the sense that he never tries to protect Cord's conduct. He never says like cord doesn't deserve this he never that's true he never says anything indicating like a choice of Cord's side other than like that's that's contemporary choice he just kind of is just like he's my friend i'm gonna lock this in which makes sense but like i agree that one ingredient this thing is lacking it does have that great line of like i owe you my life not max like that's a great line But I do think this episode would have been served... That's a good, like, Mori Ravinsky line. Yeah. Like, I do feel like this episode would have been served by a more, like, an escalation of the conflict between Joe and Cord. Because we see the... We see it's analog. Like, we see the parallel to that. Like, I mean, at some point, Mac literally has a knife at Charlie's throat. They get into it so hard. I feel like there should... It should have had a mirror. Right. It's a sticky situation. Yeah, but also, that's, like, where the show, like, thrives. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. Like That's this, this, point. this is such a good sticky situation. Like this might be one of the best sticky situations we've come across. Sure, come across, especially in a world in which they tweak things so the court is a little less evil. This is a great dilemma. This is like, you know, you pick between a bunch of bad choices.
2: Talking about, like, poor choices being made that Mac and Joe did not tell Charlie. Like, to use Joe's own words against him, like, I owe this guy. Like, he saved my life. It's like, what, what if not that is Charlie to Mac? Like, Charlie has taken bullets for Mac. Like, you owe him. Like, and the fact that Mac is still not telling him any of this stuff, like, to me
1: seems ridiculous yeah i don't get it that's just like it almost seems too convenient for the show they have to make it so they won't tell him but they've told other people i think feel in less circumstances
3: you know what i kind of wish it happened here
1: i do think that like the show like
3: sharing of the watcher thing would have been a good way for this to go charlie gets stabbed they throw him off the roof throwing him off the roof damages his spine they save him he's disabled joe comes to him at the hospital last shot of the episode he shows him the tattoo
2: that is good that would have been awesome that is that's a very good idea i don't know
3: that's like that's how I. that's a great
2: way to mirror
3: that would have been great and then like gives him a reason to go on even if charlie doesn't become like a persistent character character in the show anymore he's still kind of out
1: of in quotes the show right that would just be like a good moment it's weird that they decided to kill him why did they feel he needed to go My guess is they made the decision he needed to go when he left. You know, like when he goes
3: to the Balkans, like they had made the decision he was off the show. And then someone, maybe Maury Ravinsky, maybe someone else, pitched them an idea Mm -hmm. like to bring him back. But they had no designs to keep him around. Yeah. I think that was it. So they just thought like, okay, we'll kill him because it's got the moral punch and we have no use for this character in the future. Right. But, you know, I would have minded like maybe one more... Episode with disabled watcher Charlie. Okay,
2: so let's rate this episode. Kyle, rape this episode.
3: Let's rape
1: this episode.
3: Kyle, how many paintballs would you give this episode? I give this three and a half paintballs. All right. You know, I think this one has just a ton of potential. I love the villain. I love a lot of things about this, but it's got some like again hurdles that prevent it from being truly, truly next level. I still love it. I would watch this guy who plays chord do fucking anything yeah me too yeah he's phenomenal and there's just like there's a lot of great moments in this thing i feel like just with some minor tweaks though this could be a five those interactions like between young joe and ian dynamite like great world building stuff like this moral conflict dynamite there's some real stuff to sink your teeth into but the things that don't land don't land like there's yeah. there's the the misses i feel like in this episode are wide are pretty wide i'd still put this on the list of essential viewing this is great
2: oh yeah hey, amen how many i don't do i don't do diapers man would you give this in honor how many sure.
1: diapers would you not give this <laughs> I would not. or would you not do for this I would not do two diapers, which means I give it three diapers. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that does make sense. I don't
1: do two diapers. I do don't three. do two diapers. But or is I it that do you don't do not do Do, do. I do, do. That's what goes I in. The yeah, diapers. The or is it that you don't do four diapers? I don't do four diapers. But you do do three diapers. I do do three diapers. Man. do, do three diapers. Yeah. It was like, good seeing Charlie back, by the yeah, way. So I love seeing Charlie had some. Some misses in there, but I like this. Sad to see Charlie. It's had some Go. misters in it, too. It's yeah. had some misses and some misters. That's right. Mr. DeSalvo, Mr. Cord, Mr. Dawson, Mr. Paul. The only woman in this episode die. Or oh, women.
2: you're right. <laughs> the, oh, no. There's two women there's in this episode that die. And, and it's Mara shot. and the bride.
1: Mara and the bride and the Vietnamese woman. Oh, so there's three women and they the all die died.
2: brutal deaths.
3: Woof!
1: <laughs> and Charlie's responsible for
3: all three. No, he's not.
1: But <laughs> yikes, sorta.
3: No, Charlie's sorta, sorta. sorta. No, especially the responsible Vietnamese for two woman. out of three. But yeah, Charlie—that's the one Charlie was not involved in. You know, fifty percent of
2: marriages end in divorce. So you <laughs> yeah, know, maybe it said it that ago. way anyway. Yeah.
1: Court saved Charlie some time. He saved s- Charlie's marriage. Yeah. by killing Mara. Uh,
3: and then were, oh, I, I didn't even think about Mara. I was thinking about yeah, that couple in uh, the in the, the, in the, the Balkans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, he
1: was saving them some time too.
2: You know, in some ways, Court's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, when you put it that He's way. It's
1: not all bad. What about the good things Cord did? Had fun with those paintball guys.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he
1: he showed them the paintball was lame. That's right. Keith, how many uh mash style medical tents would you give this episode? MASH style. Mash rewatched. Mash rewatched. Oh. You're a real hawkeye.
2: Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna make I was like, I'm gonna give this a couple Hawkeyes. Uh I'm gonna how give me Hawkeyes will you give I'll, this? I'll give this four. I don't necessarily think this is better or worse than the last episode we saw, which we gave four to. It definitely has like Un, some untapped potential I say potential potential <laughs> potential uh, um it has a great moral question it puts all the characters in vulnerable and conflicted situations which is good the actions have consequences like at the end of this episode relationships have changed which is a good thing like this is a thing that like old shows don't do like usually there's a hard reset at every at the end of every episode like star trek was like what was it ron D. Moore kind of quit <laughs> Working on Star Trek because of this issue, it's like, oh, like they get in the big space battle in the next episode, like the ship is like spick and span and everything's hunky dory, and we just start over. Like a lot of '90s television just resets the clock, so it's always nice to see when a narrative gets pushed forward and there's consequences and relationships change because it changes the narrative moving forward. So I'm, I having not seen this season in a while, I'm curious to see how this all plays out and for how long, because the last time Mac and Joe broke up. It's a real it's a will they won't they relationship. S- it's like two episodes later, they're best buddies again.
3: And in yeah. the in between the two episodes, they just kind of don't interact.
2: Right. Yeah. Nothing if... really propels them back to friendship. It's just enough time is past for friends again. Because the story wants us to be friends in this episode. Yeah, uh, right. But yeah, I think it's a, a solid episode. a uh, great flashback. A lot of emotion. I mean, like, I think the performance young Joe gives is like heartbreaking. Like when young you rea- and
1: old Joe both nail when it. When
2: they realize they don't have legs, I was like, Oh boy, like this is rough. Like to yeah. watch somebody you go through that, that's upsetting.
1: Part um, of me does wish Jim Burns somehow could have played Joe when he finds out his legs are gone. Just because I would have liked to have seen that performance. Yeah. Yeah. But they it's, probably it's
3: just too much time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a certain amount of time you can gimme. Yeah.
1: If this they isn't, like dyed his hair, I don't right. think it would. No, it wouldn't quite mattered. work. Yeah. This isn't
2: like what Ant Michael Douglas and Ant Man or what's his name in uh, oh, Tron. Kurt Russell
1: in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's too. right, Kurt yeah. Russell. That looked. That did look. I really was like, really holy good. shit, yeah. Kurt yeah.
2: Russell.
3: Good. And good. how many millions of dollars did that cost? Yeah. So yeah, probably a lot.
2: Yeah, but Joe does get to deal with his uh, leg issue in a yeah. later episode. Oh, does he? Oh, he does, it's a, and it's very emotional in that one too.
1: Wow. Spoiler warning. Hence the game. <laughs> Yes.
2: Hence the cane. Hence the
3: cane. I still can't believe that was in the description. That's Unbelievable. amazing. Unbelievable. So
2: that's been uh this has been great talking about this episode. We've dealt with two really uh this has been like a solid way to kick off the oh, season.
3: This is an amazing kickoff to this season. Also, I'm like hungry for more.
2: It's amazing. Like we gave these episodes fours. I I'm kind of curious. If this was last season, these might have been fives. Like the bar is continually, I think, being raised because we dealt with that last. I've ever elaborate...
3: given anything a five, though. Did we give the Samurai five? Some of us maybe gave it a five. So I think some people did give it a five. I think I gave Samurai a four and maybe four and a half on Mortal Sins was yeah. my highest.
2: But the show is definitely like ramping even further up. Like the production quality is better. I mean, like they're... the fact that they're yeah, on how a many weekend... helicopter shots are there in the Samurai.
3: Like that's a great yeah. episode. But you know, right.
2: the more they're digging into this mythology, like. We're getting more emotional content. We're getting, like... I mean, the fact that they're doing this on a weekly budget, like... This Vietnam scene looks great. Like, this is yeah. not a show, like, this is a show that's set in Vancouver 50% of the time, technically.
3: But 100% of this time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the fact that they're like, oh, we're also going to do a Vietnam scene that will literally also be set in Vancouver, like, we're going to make this happen. Like, that's impressive. Like, in season one, we were getting flashbacks to, like, old Seacouver with the serial killer in, like, a dark theater. Like, that was the extent of what a flashback was. And they're like, oh, we'll put it in black and white. Or we'll go to, like, a, an insane asylum. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those were the level of flashbacks.
3: It was highly locational.
2: It was I very like. locational. We'll do some costumes. We'll put a car there. Like, this is a very different... Much like um, They Also Serve, which was had that Chinese location, which was yeah. also in Vancouver. And I was like, I 100% believe I'm in China. Like, yeah. this right. looks great. Like, great sets, amazing costumes, Tough deals. Tough deals. Tough deals. Tough deals. Uh, Can
1: that be the end of every list from now on? Yes. Yeah. Every <laughs> trifecta absolutely. ends in tough deals. Tough deals. Every list that I listed in my life. Shopping lists will yeah, end in shopping the same lists. Way. Tough
2: Just deals. Gotta get some tough deals. Tough But deals. yeah, th- I think this, this show is like stepping up its quality. And uh, it's great. And the performances are amazing. mm mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I give it a four. That's my final thought on this. Next week, we're digging deep. We finally get to meet Richie in this season. Who? The Kirsch himself. The, the guy Kirsch. who didn't get to participate in the finale of... Uh... finale. He has not been in the last four episodes. Finale part one, two, or the two openers of this. And he's in the credits. And he's in the credits, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny. But the next one's a heavy episode, and we'll deal with that one too. It's pretty cool. Buckle up, guys. Um, Buckle we're, all, up, we're gonna cuts. get sad. That's right. The next yeah. episode is the innocent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Anna. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Heyo. So under the new Wendy P rules, that's a drink. Anytime mother says hey oh Actually, it might, I think her rule is just every time I say hey but it should probably be Say everyone. Heyo Heyo hey Captain Jack. Hey Captain Jack. Bring me back to the railroad. We've actually done this, we have before, done this before so far. We probably shouldn't do it again.